Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Nick's in the gun, fakes the handoff, pressure coming, throws end zone, wide open, Franklin makes the catch. Troy Franklin, three-yard reception. Utah brought the heat, but couldn't stop the Ducks who've scored again and now lead 20-3. to 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High-quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important. So is your budget. Got hung up in the wind a little bit. Here's Worthy. Makes the first man miss. Straight ahead past the 40. Sixty-five Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952. Dylan Gabriel, he got there. His throw to the end zone, incomplete. A generational win for Kansas, finally toppling Oklahoma. Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. And wow, Haynes King kept it. Faked it to Dante Smith, and here goes King. Inside the Carolina 30. 365 Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. Fafita to Wiley. Wiley down the sideline. Wiley breaks the tackle. Wiley has gotten into the end zone. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. All right, here we go on 365 Sports. Craig is at an appointment. He will probably not be here today and, and most likely, and he will be back tomorrow. It is Halloween. And uh, when you've had children, that is always a great holiday. Some don't like it. Some do. Uh, on our desk right now is a bunch of candy. It just, I just, I went by a convenience store like five minutes away and I just said, give me, are they all the same price? There's a couple of like king size or more expensive, like $50 worth of candy on our set. We might have a tournament. 
on which of these candy bars or candy win the 364, 65, excuse me, 365 um, candy tournament, like the bracket. Well, no, 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 no. Do you like Halloween? I do. I do not care for it. Okay, then you can't be a part of the tournament. Uh, it's fine. I mean, like I do like candy though, uh, and as an adult, I don't have to wait till Halloween to get it. So that's a great thing. So you're saying kids don't get Halloween candy on? No, TV? but I mean, like it's I, my 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 issue with Halloween is mostly adult Halloween and the fact that I I don't care for strange children knocking on my door. But now that I'm a married man, um, I don't have free will. So there will so be. So are you going to be sitting part. there in a little chair? With a lantern, Amanda front at the front porch, and hi as they walk up, and you give them whatever they want, and, and you're going to do that tonight. I've done it for the last two years, even yes. before you were married. I so mean, now she, you're screwed. Like Halloween 2021, because she moved in April here in April 2021. Halloween 2022, and now Halloween 2023. Are you going to get dressed up? Are you going to be like I mean Casper no. the Ghost? Or no, I'll 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 I'll, I'll not do that. All right, so. Owens in studio, Jack McKenzie, Garrett Ross. Garrett, you gonna take the uh, the children around? Uh, are they gonna what are they gonna do here? So I'm thinking about it. Uh, my daughter's to the point now where she's old enough. She's gonna go hang out with her friends and uh, do all that. Leave like, me alone, Dad. Then like hit up IHOP afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Dad, yeah, that's so, so uncute. That's I uncool. I know. <laughs> so and then like Parker, man, I just he doesn't really do well going out. So we'll probably like make some stuff at the house and watch movies and things yeah, like that. We'll give some of this for you to take home to Parker. He Whatever would Paul that. doesn't eat, or I might nibble on <laughs> Owen, Owen, Jack, and you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So um, here's a. By the way, Game Four tonight of the World Series: the Rangers and Diamondbacks. What a series it is! And tonight's kind of like one of those games in which everybody's bullpen will be emptied at some point. Rangers do win yesterday and now lead the series two games to one. Dabo Sweeney. Uh, he was on his uh, weekly coaches show. A lot of coaches do this. A lot of coaches no longer take calls. They just, or they're set up where they don't have to really take calls. There's questions that are mailed in or emailed in. Dabble Sweeney last night took a call from a 14-year-old and Tyler from Spartanburg. They've confirmed he's 14 years old? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Tyler from Spartanburg (laughs) asked him about his $11.5 million salary and a four and four season. Dabo went on what was close to five minutes. I listened to it last night, and he 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 I thought was ridiculous in how he went off. I understand though, just because you make eleven and a half million dollars, your team's having a bad year doesn't mean you're like a pinata. But you, you know, so we'll get feedback from you in the chat room on uh, uh, that today. Okay, so okay, you and I, and look, we've worked together for fifteen years now. No, it's not been that long, but it thirteen seemed years like, seemed like a long seven hundred years. Thir- thirteen years. Thirteen years. So we've been, we've been working together for thirteen years. From day one, our fundamental disagreement in in producing a radio program has been the value of callers. You and I have never agreed on it. Still we, don't. We will never. We won't ever agree on it. Nope. And ironically, the one who sees the lesser value is the one who hosts a post-game call-in show after football games now, which, honestly, I didn't never had that on my, if I had the choice to do this, bingo card, but here we are. I, uh, I think that, the, and Dabo's been doing this long enough, and the, and the radio host and the station have been doing this long enough, I get that he's on edge, and everything he said was true, but sometimes you don't need to say true things because they don't come off the way that you want them to. 
you have to go in and how I've gone in whenever we've done calls is the call is most likely not going to go the way you want it to go. Even if it's a relatively good caller, these people are not media professionals, so they're going to wind through their point a little bit. So not that there aren't good callers, sometimes it takes even a good caller longer to get to their point. And they should not have let this kid go on as long as he did, for one. Uh, And two, Dabo Sweeney should not have gotten as mad as he did because you should have the expectation that when you're four and four, there's going to be more darts than when you're eight and oh. And I think part of that's the problem is that they've not been four and four, so he doesn't, this is new territory for him. They've been so good, he's not used to it. But when you say there should be more appreciation than... Um, than criticism, than, than expectation is what he said. Okay, you're right. People need to, like sports fans all, 100% of them, need to be more appreciative of what's going on when it's good. But you should also not say that because it comes across like, well, if I wasn't here, look how bad it would be. Well, I see, I, 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 there, there's for and against here. One is, uh, are you going to be who he has been or what Clemson's been, and they never have been, uh, this good for this long, this consecutively, no matter even Danny Ford had won a national title and before that, uh, I forgot the guy's name. He was uh, one of the great names of all time. Uh, and I'm not being disingenuous when I say that. You better watch out and better enjoy what you have because if there's any example, look around locally. Um, all hell breaks loose after a great run of Big 12 titles and then 1-11, and 11, then you go 10-4. and four. And, and then... Two and seven, you go 12 and two, and Baylor fans are furious right now. I'm not comparing Baylor's run to anything about Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, or anyone pretty much in that realm. But I get what he's saying, but you know what? He's human. He is. $11.5 million. You give me $11.5 million, and I continue to do a show. That doesn't mean I'm not going to get fired up over a question or a call or a chat or something. And then yet I've learned to do a lot better but, with that. But there's a lot of there was a lot of narcissism and pride in, in that, which I, I, I don't think plays well. Uh, for example, one of the things he mentioned about his salary, which I agree, the dude has earned. Like they are they are one of the best programs in the country year in and year out. He has earned being the second highest paid coach in the country because there's not many people who are better at his job than them. But when he said I was one of the lowest paid or the lowest paid coach when I got this job. Debo, that's still a great paying job in America, no, it man. Was still good, like yeah. that's still if I was the, like if I went from this job to being the head coach at a like at a school that's way less than Clemson, and I was still the lowest paid FBS coach, my mom would be sending out cards to people. Yeah. She would be like so excited because right. that's a huge raise. No, like, he he's 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 got he's got rabbit ears, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Maybe he's always had rabbit ears. But he has rabbit ears, and I'm trying to get my damn laptop locked in here, and I'm having trouble getting connected to the Internet, and it's not here because that's not a problem. So maybe I just need to restart my computer, my laptop. Uh, Today at his press conference, his regular weekly press conference, Dabo Sweeney arrived and wished everybody happy Halloween and then asked reporters who they are dressing up, and Phil Kornblut answers, I'm Tyler from Spartanburg, which I thought was greatness, Phil. Everyone, including Dabo, uh, laughed out loud. So there's a little bit of brevity to that. And then he still continued to double down on he's not going to let people take away his happy. So there's that. They are four and four. And my God, let's not, 
there is the possibility, no matter who they have left on their schedule, can they actually end up ineligible by their record for a bowl game? Is that possible at Clemson? Now, that would be a huge drop-off, but that's they, that. They do, like, but they do have a tough schedule. They've got Notre Dame this week. There you go, um, four and five. So, um, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up. They have to play South Carolina, which is a rivalry game, but that should that, that's a game that they should win. But, yeah. it, again, you never but know they, the emotion. But they still have... Um, they have Georgia Tech, who's all of a sudden playing better. And we'll talk about Haynes King again here in a moment. Yeah. Then, let's see, they are... There's they only have, four. Yeah, they have North Carolina. Okay, um, they could win. They could lose three of the last four. Yeah, so there, there's, a, there's a shot that they could, they right. could reasonably do that. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and look, he's not... You don't think they're going to lose three of the last four? Um, that Notre would, Dame, North Carolina, and who? And Georgia Tech. Okay, All but right. and, and like, then South Carolina, yeah, yeah. I don't like of those. I don't think they're going to. I think I think they could reasonably split it and be a six and six team. He's not wrong. Like there right, is, we, we've talked enough about. No, him. he's not wrong though. That like they're like they are a lot of fumbles away from being a lot better. But that's part of that's it. part of the deal. That's I part mean, of when, you're, when you're not good, you have mistakes, and you cannot. Uh, your, your your room for error is not nearly as good. Now, Connor Stallions in the news again today. I I'm. I'm going to be the chat room. That's got to be photoshopped. Central Michigan is investigating if the person on the right here in this picture is Michigan analyst Connor Stallions at a Central Michigan sideline at a Michigan State game earlier this year. The AD even had a quote. We became aware of these photos late yesterday, and we are in the process of determining the facts surrounding the game. He has a credential on. Does it have his name on it, media relations, or those in football operations would know? I I cannot imagine, and I'm not trying to say that has to be somebody else or that has to be Photoshop, but they're at least looking into it. Well, the and thing he, that throws me off. not the only one who's reported The this. thing that throws me off from the Photoshop, because I thought the same thing you did, is that the coach that he's standing in front of that's walking away, uh, that hand is, like, blurry and moving. Yes. And it. And it appears like, but they do amazing things with Photoshop now. So, um, so I don't know. You could put the Ayatollah in that picture and make it look like he's on the exactly. Sideline. But yeah, you could you could do that. I like this. this can't. There's no way. Like there's and of Biden course, in the background. And if it was, here's the thing. If if it's not Counter Stallions and Central Michigan brought this up, then they're going to look really stupid anyway. Yeah. But I guess you're going to look dumb either way. You're going to look dumb for falling for a fake photo of Connor Stallions, or you're going to look dumb for letting a coach from Michigan get a credential and stand on your sideline. Or the coach at Central Michigan has ties to Michigan, and mm-hmm. Connor Stallions was allowed on the sideline as a guest. Who knows? All right, now here's some more stats. Jaden Daniels, uh, I know that uh, Garrett sent me this one. I, don't, I never saw this when he sent it to me. Jaden Daniels of LSU is trying to become the first starting quarterback to beat Nick Saban in consecutive years since Purdue's Drew Brees in 98-99 when Saban was the head coach at Michigan State. He has never lost consecutive seasons to the same quarterback while the head coach at Alabama. Did he? I wonder if he did it at LSU. Uh, I don't know. Because that was between did. those two. But that's that's the story of him at Alabama. Drew Brees, that is uh, 24, 25 years ago. And Jaden Daniels, who's having a hell of a year. And I got to ask you this, and I've always wanted to ask on the weekend, when I see these, uh, there's a group, whatever media outlet it is, and they have their top three Heisman mm-hmm. picks, at right. least for now, and it goes up and down. The last 
two to three weeks, have I not seen Jaden Daniels at the top of, like, almost all of these analysts? He he has been, and it's crazy because if you go and look at his numbers, they're eerily similar and on par to what Joe Burrow did in 2019. My thing is I don't see him getting the nod because right now he doesn't have that signature win. Well, quote, Saturday unquote. they play Alabama. But that's the opportunity. Yeah. If he's able to do that, then, yeah, more than likely you would give him a chance. But but, but ahead of Knicks and ahead of Penix. And, uh, their offense is the best offense in the nation. Yeah. I, well, you're so, you're so I'm biased. I'm just telling you. You are yeah. disgustingly biased. This is a bad show. Paul hates candy and hates kids and is not so sure Halloween is a holiday, and he doesn't like Christmas either, and Santa Claus is fake. That's what he said. Many times over the, what, how many years, Paul? 13 years that you and I have done shows together. Santa Claus is fake. No, hey, let, whoa, you said that. Uh, you said that to me like four no, years ago because they no. all peed on your leg when you were no, playing no. Santa Claus. I, I, I just say that I didn't like playing Santa Claus, but I understand that as the young guy at a radio station and also uh, having the build that I do, that it was going to be part of it. Um, I mean, no, like thin Santa Claus, your field ripped off. Uh, but I, uh, I did have to sit for hours at end and it's not that kids pee on you. It's that they pee and because they're in line, their parents don't take them out. So then they sit in your lap and you're like, this kid's just peed. Great. Like, tell me what you want for Christmas. When you have yours, you urine soaked when you have Street yours, rat. you'll you'll understand that you don't want to get out of line, even if there's a couple of people there with standing no, in line. Like, You're going to understand that. Yeah. That's going to cost you. Now, here's a lot of awards from today. The Doak Walker Award for the third consecutive week to Ollie Gordon II from Oklahoma State. Three consecutive weeks he's been named the Doak Walker Award winner. The Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award winner. Former Longview and A&M. And now Georgia Tech quarterback, Haynes King, he wins the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award. He also wins the Walter Camp Offensive Player of the Year Award and the Davy O'Brien Weekly Offensive uh, Weekly Award. That's a pretty good weekend in the win that they had against North Carolina for Haynes King. Also somehow won the Nobel Prize. I don't, know what, I don't know what that one. <laughs> well, we need somebody to go win yeah. the Nobel Peace Prize. We yes, need that we right now in this world. Also, Here's a great quote from Deion Sanders. I, I saw this late last night that Colorado had some players who had their jewelry stolen while playing UCLA at the Rose Bowl. And Dion saying, this is the Rose Bowl. They say uh, the granddaddy of them all, right? I'm sure granddaddy has some money. So he's asking the Rose Bowl uh, and, and who runs the Rose Bowl, the stadium, to pay back or at least reimburse the players for the lost amount of jewelry. Have you seen some of the jewelry Shadour Sanders and Shiloh mm-hmm. and, and Travis Hunter? That'd yeah. be a that'd be a pretty heavy nickel right there. Yeah. Should they? Should they reimburse them? Did they have insurance on the jewelry? That's another thing that can recoup the jewelry. You, well, you know that one game, are, Shador's but, walking hey, around. Those are those are things that I'm sure Dion has told them. Yeah, like you got like part of lot you insure up. these things. He like I know that like there are people and on the chat room that we mentioned Deion Sanders and all the flash and everything are just like triggered. Like it just makes them mad. But I will tell you, I promise you this. Like I know my name, I know Dion has told them, like, you're gonna get all this stuff. Here's how you here's how you take care of it. Because Dion's been really good about that in his life. Uh at least for a, a stretch, like after he had his kind of awakening where he he kind of decided he was gonna grow up and be a man. You know, and not just be kind of a, a symbol of yep. things. He when he did that, like, believe me, his money his money is always 
lined yep. up. Yep. So, all right. So there's that. With the, here's another note on Colorado, and, and you know, Craig had brought this up quite a bit. That Alton McCaskill, who was fantastic at Houston, he then transferred to Colorado. Has not played. He's going to redshirt. What did you say in the text, Paul, about Alton McCaskill well, deciding he probably doesn't he want to play? get killed behind yeah. that offensive line? Yeah. Who, uh, who should get? You know, is there? Was it like negligence? Like if you're a doctor and you left, um, you know, a, an instrument in somebody and sewed them back up, oh. it's like negligence. And that's happened. That, that like, what is that? Like malpractice? That's what the offensive line did to Shadur. It has been doing, but especially against UCLA, was absolute malpractice. And if I saw Shadur Sanders get beat, that beat up, and the coaches came to me and said, "Hey, you feel like you're ready to go?" I'd be like, I. I have total faith in you guys to build a roster, but I need another year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, and, and so Alton McCaskill will wait till next year, and he'll be a that's a, that's like bringing in a, a big time four star running back or a five star running back because of what he did. If he's healthy, it appears he's ready, but they, they're going to wait until next year. Now to the chat room, Marcus Emmert. I am just fine with how. Whoop, damn it. How Dabo responded to this crap. These fans at many institutions need to be put in their place. Uh, also from St. Dominic's Rosary. This is in the chat. Dabo, your beginning of the end was when Kirby Smart got to Georgia. Clemson, South Carolina is an hour away from the University of Georgia. Kirby shut down Clemson from getting the top players in the state of Georgia. Um, let's see. Retired stockbroker, Houston fan. Candy corn is like tequila. One overdose and you'll never have it again. Well, you notice. Yeah, no, no, I don't like, like candy can, corn. Candy corn is gar- is garbage candy. It's I like chewing on wax. I think it's like I think it is wax. Years colored. ago, the candy companies came up with candy corns and circus peanuts and a couple other things just to see how much sugar you can convince Americans to shove in their food hole. Yep, and. Since then, they're like, oh, we didn't think we were going to make money. This was a total prank. Like cotton but- candy is just cute looking, and then you eat a lot of it, and we know yeah. that. Uh, Alan, I used to drink Big Red. I, I, You know, about once a year, I'll just, for whatever reason, get, in a ref- uh, get into a convenience store and get a Big Red. Uh, Mike Bean, the wind in Kansas blows south because Oklahoma. No, we're not. Okay, Oklahoma sucks. There's OU fans. All of a sudden, they're the, they're the butt of jokes. They lost to KU. KU fans act like that was supposed to happen. Uh, let's see. Kim Coulter, why is money the barometer? Uh, re- reference to Dabo Sweeney. Uh, UT Parking, Dabo put Clemson on the map. He won the ACC last year, won 11 games. He deserves some grace. Uh, yeah, yes, he deserves some grace, although when he kind of throws it back in your face like that, like, you don't, you don't deserve grace, you earn it, right? Like, everybody's, I mean, I guess we all deserve grace in that larger thing but when you are a person who's who's very religious and is p- preaching religious things um one of the things that that caller said was i'm sure you're familiar with the phrase pride cometh before the fall yeah and that is some of the things that Dabo has said have been very prideful and that's where you get caught now the best way in my opinion for him to handle it was take your quick shot at tyler make sure everybody knows that like look you know i understand and i get it but to like list off your resume and then kind of throw in like you're lucky I'm here. That's where it came off. When bad. it went after, when it went beyond forty five seconds to a minute, I just I I didn't tune out because I wanted to hear every bit of it. Uh, let's see here. Have it a bad years. Have a Snickers. That's for for <laughs> yeah. Dabo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, wacky Tubacky. Um, Saban admittedly slash reluctantly 
change slash adapts. Beats your blank. Uh, let's see here. Paxton, you all have all the jokes today. I love it. From UT Parking, let's see, Mark Emmert, he was not a head coach out of the gate. I think he meant he worked his way up. Marcus, thank you for that. Let me see here. Here's a, a couple of more that we want to get to. St. Dominic's Dabo and Clemson got good because Georgia was down. Georgia let Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence get out of state. Um, th- th- I think I think that, that, that argument... Um, Look, you, nobody can be elite. Like nobody can be the big dog all at once, right? You have to, you know. There are players that swing things. Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence is what swung it for Dabo because he was getting everybody else. But his quarterback right before uh, Deshaun Watson was Taj Boyd, who was a really good college, yes, college quarterback, but he was not Deshaun Watson and he wasn't Trevor Lawrence. And Taj so Boyd's probably right now like, happy that when, he's not Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, when Clemson was Clemsoning, when that term existed. Yep. And I was, I, I, you I was, know, Georgia had that same type yeah, of. Yeah, they were doing it. Like what's changed is that. There's only so many quarterbacks that you can go get that are going to take you over that limit. And you can... At that limit. That's, that, that's, that, that that's limit. Mount Fujiyama, and what, yeah. What was amazing about Saban was is that he he was doing it at a time where you could also build everything around the quarterback. And then when he started getting really elite guys, then it's like, holy what? crap, this yeah, guy's, yeah. This guy's unbelievable. Hurts, Tua, and then all Bryce Young. But yeah. that's, that's, that's not the only thing that's derailed Dabo a little bit, but you're not always going to get those guys. And sometimes, look, DJU was the number one or two quarterback in the country when they got him, yep. and then he didn't work out there. So, you know, sometimes you just miss. And, and sometimes you choose the wrong person, and we don't know that about Klubnik because it's still early, and DJ's having a pretty well, good year at Oregon State. Like Klubnik also thought he was going to arrive at a place. Like, yep. Cade Klubnik and Garrett Riley both thought that they were going to arrive at a place, and then there was going to be a DeAndre Hopkins walking out the door, and that's not happening with this roster right now, and that's the other thing that's done him in. But if you look at Clemson's defense right now, they have – Probably eight guys that get picked in the first three rounds of the draft. So their defense is still what it's always been. Their offense is not is not what it has. Mike Bean Dabo has gotten lazy with recruiting. Kim Coulter, twelve consecutive ten win seasons. Mother of God, go get somebody uh, outside of Saban or Kirby who can do the same thing. Goodbye, Gundy. Oops. Uh, also from Sam Tyler gave Clemson bulletin board material. Clemson going to win it all now. Uh, and then Mike Rayner, I'm digging your Nike pullover, Smokey. Thank you very much. Is that what Cle- this is? Yeah, Cle- Clemson going to win it all. Like, I wear this when it's cold when like, I play golf. Like next year they're going to win it all? I, I mean, I can't yeah, now. They lost four losses. But yeah. But um, no, look, it would not surprise me to see Clemson be very much back on the scene next year. The biggest thing they're going to have to do, though, is, is, is probably – go get in the transfer portal and get those guys that are... Which has been... He's been against it. Well, and somebody just mentioned about Saban. Someone might be ahead of the curve with him. For example, the spread offense, the wide-open offense, he hated it. Now he does it. So the, the transfer portal, they were ahead of that. He was even well, a little bit late on the NIL, compared, although some people could well, say they and, were always ahead of the and, curve And I do think NIL. that Nick Saban, everywhere else in the portal, he's been okay, uh, this year he needed to go get a, a better a quarterback sooner and didn't. And, yeah, I, I and think that's, so. That's kind of what's hurt them. But they have because, an alpha coming in the freshman who's like really yeah, good because yeah. Milrow wasn't ready. Now they've made it work well in the in the last few weeks with him. But if they probably could have, if you could have gotten even a Devin Leary who went to Kentucky and has been kind of up and down, but he was 
he's a senior, he's a veteran. If you had a veteran in that role at Alabama, instead of having to throw it all to these guys, even Tyler Buckner hadn't really played that much at Notre Dame. So if you throw all these guys with that experience, Alabama's probably not as much of a mess on offense as they are right now, where it's yeah, it's kind of like a but, big, but I, huge play I or think a that, penalty. I think there's other players missing, too. Oh, well, they, like uh, John Bailey, Dabo was learning the real time. You either adapt or the game can and will pass you yeah, by. And, and the thing I think is also hurting Alabama is that they were so good at, you know, having a five-star and a five-star and a five-star three deep across their roster. But when you have, say, two offensive linemen get hurt and you go from a five-star to a three-star that you're trying to develop because the other five-star went to TCU because he wasn't playing, well, you know, he's not helping TCU win a title, but he's not helping Alabama win one out either. So that you don't have those, like, three-week stop gaps where other teams are derailed because they don't have their left tackle right. and they lose those games or they look bad, or they're beatable, Alabama doesn't have that anymore because of the transfer portal because you can't stash guys in your roster. For some reason, I can't get to the super chat, but apparently Kim put one up that said something about the, the comment I made about that could be Photoshop. It could be Ayatollah back there. It was priceless. It was yes. priceless. Thank you, Kim, for doing that. Timothy, guess who's going to a bowl game? The Iowa Hawkeyes offense, and then he has the explosive brain. <laughs> All right, um... Let's see here. I get got most of the chat room. Stallions is a crazed super fan who takes winning away too seriously from UT parking. Uh, Wyvern King. Ironically, the Ayatollah was on the sideline scouting to see if he could put get the Big Ten games on Al Jazeera. Wyvern, oh my God, there we go with that. Yeah. Uh, someone doesn't like Jim Harbaugh. That is maybe, and I've seen that, that it might even be inside the, is actually inside the bubble of Michigan where this, some of this uh, could be but retired stockbroker. So who is the callers for this show, Paul or Smokey? Uh, I probably was the last caller. The chat room allows us to have you as a caller, basically. We've done callers. There's always a plant caller. I don't like those. I shut that down the first day I walked in the Waco, as you remember. I'm just not big into the plant. I don't like it. I like to take, if we're going to take the calls, let's do it right. Let's have fun with it. Do it serious. Take questions and even opinions. But no, it always falls and, off the, the map at some point. Yeah, and that that's the thing that uh, I think that is not Dabo Sweeney's fault. That's the radio station's fault. Is that if you are worried about the star of your show getting upset with something and you want to keep having callers, then you need to make sure that you, it has to be like state radio a little bit. You can't. You can't let him do that. I can tell you I was producing Art Briles' call-in show. Mm -hmm. Somebody called up and said something way more innocuous than Tyler from Spartanburg when it was, Coach, if I never see it, and this is before Baylor got good under Art Briles. They were still right. you know, kind of trying to find their way. But, Coach, if I never see a bubble screen again, uh, it'll be too soon. And then the next week, without any kind of announcement or anything, it was, um, well, I know what happened because I saw it happen, but no one knew. They just didn't take calls, and people kept calling, and then – you know, it was just there because uh, I, I was the one producing it. I was like, yeah, they didn't they didn't tell me anything. And then the other show kind of ended. But the week before, they had played Texas. And Craig Way was at the press conference because he always goes to the visitors' press conference if he can, or the opponent's press conference. And Art grabbed Craig in the hall and said, hey, how do you do this? And he goes, oh, we do email questions for yeah, Mac. Yeah, and that way you, can, you screen them a little bit. I, I'm a little bit against that, but I can understand it uh, in that well, case. Well, I mean, the thing is, you, like – the people who own the broadcast, the rights holders, are either the university or someone like IMG, Learfield IMG, who's bought the rights, and they're trying to produce a show that's a fan show. Yep. And the coach many times begrudgingly does it, and 
you want to make sure that they're doing it as much as they can in the way that's going to make everybody the most money. And so if you have situations like Tyler from Spartanburg, you just know as a business, like, that's going to be hard. Okay, but here's my problem with all this. With Dabo or with Art or with Mac, because I think Mac did that too, Um, Mac Brown. You sure as hell didn't mind the callers when you were winning a national championship. Exactly. Or you, so, when you were on your way up from four and eight to seven and six. You didn't mind those calls, and you could even take a couple of punches, and you're fine with that. Yeah. Uh, LSU always gives Alabama hell with Saban before Saban, probably after Saban. I'm only going to Alabama because the game is at home. Uh, and then Timothy Vermeer's having fun today. We, we don't have to worry about anyone stealing Iowa's offensive signals. <laughs> They, they don't have any. <laughs> they All have right. two. The, I think. I think. Uh, Ferentz, Brian Ferentz has two plays. One is called right, and the other is called left. Saint Dominic's <laughs> Rosary. Finally, someone remembers when the great Nick Saban was the head coach at Michigan State, getting his butt kicked by Purdue, Michigan, and Ohio State. I remember a couple years in non-conference against Nebraska too. Uh, Bobby B. Smoke. Uh, uh, he loves crap stouts. Have a few and hand out candy. What are craft stout, stout beers? Is that what you're yeah. looking at? Uh, UT Parking, laugh my blank off bad Santa over here. Yeah, man, some of you today. Saban cost Ohio State a natty in 1998. I'll never forget. Um, Paul needs a marriage. Paul and Smokey need a marriage counselor. Yeah, we... No, we... we, we <laughs> there's no, no one in this room will deny that. The only thing good is we don't live in the same house, but we have lived in the same hotel room before, and a lot of bad things have happened. Not like you're trying to think. I mean, like I've hurt Paul, and Paul has also made me sleep in the same bed with him. No. But under, like, no. the covers were different. Not, that, that, that I made him sleep true. on a, a, a fold-out couch in Arizona that had that bar right in the middle. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> Woke up like he'd been in traction. I can, did you ever see, you saw Braveheart yes. at the end. That was, whoever designed that bed was like, maybe I can sell these to hotels for low prices. All right, when we come back, Roger Wallace, who covers UTO, is Paxton? Uh, who are the UT fans? Uh, there's a few of you, right? Uh, there's a couple of others. And I, ah, Lee, I, I know Paxton for sure. Colt McCoy tomorrow. I mentioned this yesterday on the show. will join us around 530 uh, tomorrow. So there we are with that. Plus, we'll have much more to come. So today, Roger Wallace on UT. North Texas head coach Eric Morris. Mac Rhodes today. Uh, no Craig's off the radar because he's out. Tim Brando. Jimmy B today who actually on his own Twitter feed mentioned he's going to join us today, and he will. And then John McClain, and I got to talk to John about him flopping like a, a crumbling like a bag of potato chips on the Astros, on the Rangers, and, and who is he going to root for in the World Series. Paul's top five. Don't forget every night, weeknight, locally on the CW, uh, 365 Sports Tonight, four segments, our best segments, discussion and or interviews or otherwise, and that is put together by the great Emery Winter. So there we are today. So all of that, all of that. Uh, Mike Bean, you can't spell suck without KSU. Mike. They're, they're, they're not, they haven't even played each other yet. they got three weeks. Man, Mike's warming up, up for that. Yeah. They're build yeah. up. Retired stockbroker. Oh, hell, Brando. Yeah, he'll be at five. We like to put Phil Bennett at five and Tim Brando at five, and we just let the five o'clock hour take care of of itself. Uh, Timothy having fun on Sikkim 365 because it's 37 degrees and windy, an overnight low of 22 with the freezing face. It was 30 or something like earlier today. I love it. I love the cold weather. All about that life. 
I don't after mind the, it on days I don't play. I want to uh, play golf. After the summer we had, I'm accepting of it until it. Um, anything below freezing, then I'm not happy with. Why not? But because I don't, I don't, I didn't, I don't live here for that. No, you don't live in Texas for that. Uh, yeah. uh, Sam Malik Murphy is going to make Longhorn Nation proud. I think he already has. He already did even before he played yeah. Yeah. in that game this yeah. past yeah. weekend you, against BYU. You don't go to Burger King for the salads. I don't live in Texas for the cold. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I get it. Okay, when we come back, Roger Wallace on Texas in their game with K-State. Uh, Fox's big noon kickoff will be there. So a lot of that going on. Uh, many things to get to. Happy Halloween. At some point, we might have a candy tournament. Like, even line them up. Like, who plays Butterfinger plays Baby Roop. M&M's plays against, uh, perhaps, uh, Butterfinger. That kind of thing. This is 365 Sports. I have told you my story about my dental work and how I was so nervous over so many years, too many years, way too many years, to go to the dentist because I just didn't even want to have the thought that I would add cavity, a cavity, a simple thing like a cavity, and surely not a root canal. If I knew that was happening, I would be gone for another couple of years. And then I had the bad habit of having too much sugar, and I used to sit there and have lozenges in my mouth all the time from my throat during a broadcast and even sometimes fall asleep. Dumb. So yesterday, I went to see Dr. Steve Childress. This guy's amazing. Uh, They had to do another root canal. And again, this is like, I think Craig might have asked me, how many is that, like 15? It's not that many. It's been a handful, but I had another one done. And I'm glad I did because that tooth, I was like, ah, one of these days I'm going to chew on something and it's going to, like, my eyes are going to pop out. I went and had a root canal. He also put me in, uh, in position. I got a temporary for a crown that will be put in to help save that part of my mouth and the upper left molar of my mouth and still have to figure out what I'm going to do with my front teeth as far as the bridge because I told you about the story. That's been a long time since I had that done, and it kind of came loose, and Dr. Childress helped save that too. There's a lot of work to be done to make up the work I never allowed to get done. I'm telling you, you might say, oh, stop. If you have dental issues, if you wait too long, like I did, you will end up spending a lot more money and a hell of a lot more time in the dentist chair with root canals and cavities and crowns and pulled teeth and uh, what do you call the ones that go up in your mouth as well, that the anchors and that, that is stupid. Make sure you take care of your dental work now. Don't wait to be too late. And if you need a doctor, a dentist, Dr. Steve Childress in Robinson, Texas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. During Jeep Adventure Days, Alan Samuels in Waco is celebrating with an incredible line of 2023 models like the Grand Cherokee, Renegade, Wrangler, and Gladiator. Come see what Alan Samuels can offer you and your family and find the Jeep SUV that fits your lifestyle. 
Pioneer Steel and Pipe opened their doors in 1943 and they have never wavered with their focus on great product and customer service, relationships with a handshake, making sure you, the customer, is satisfied. Their new facility is now twice the size, allowing new inventory, higher quantities, and in a much more organized fashion. In addition to the long lengths in tubing, angles, channels, rods, and flat Pioneer Steel and Pipe now offers several shorter, more convenient lengths of material already cut. Their 2,500 square foot showroom has over a thousand new products in stock, new welding supplies, hardware, quick creep, and do-it-yourself components for any project, whether you are a professional contractor or weekend warrior. The new facility is designed to make your loading experience faster and more efficient with easy drive lanes around the building and much more room to get your trailer loaded. Our location may have changed, but our values haven't, and our relationship with customers goes much farther than just business. Pioneer Steel and Pipe on Loop 340 and Highway 6, and just east of I-35 in Waco. Automatic Chef Canteen is a full-service micro-market vending and office coffee provider with state-of-the-art vending equipment, a wide variety of products, and offering custom-fitted micro-market vending office coffee solutions for your employee break room. You want a full break room solution and a workplace oasis? Well, Automatic Chef Canteen, locally owned and operated for over 50 years in Central Texas, also includes in-house mechanics on call 24-7 for fast, reliable service and maintenance. Automatic Chef Canteen, 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco or online at automaticchefcanteen.com. Looking to connect with Baylor alums in your area? Baylor alumni can help. Looking to host a watch party in your city? Baylor alumni can get you started. Want to step out in your community and serve with other alums? Baylor alumni is your connection with the university and each other. Let's get started. Learn how at baylor.edu slash alumni. Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at goarmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. This is 365 Sports. The 3 o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. 425 Lake Air Drive, Waco. All right, we'll have Roger Wallace momentarily. All right, Garrett, can you do the widescreen? I know Roger's about to come on. I'm going to let Roger make the first pick. Okay. We have a candy bracket. Roger Wallace, uh, UT Colorado, television in, in Austin, a great friend of mine, has been now since the, oh, well, it's back in the mid to late 1980s. Roger, I have a bunch of candy in our studio just because we're being a little <laughs> bit Halloween silly. If you had to pick between, we're having a tournament like a similar candy, Kit Kat, Kit Kat, Against Mr. Goodbar, which of those Ooh. two would you take? I I don't need either one of those, but I thought that'd be a good first round matchup. Maybe George Mason against Kentucky or something like that back in the day. How many people know still know what Mr. Goodbar is? I don't know, but it was. I a, think that's a. I think that's a sneaky good candy bar. 
Yeah. Is that Georgia State against Baylor, Paul? Is that? Yeah, it might be. Yeah. It might be. That, uh, that, that Richmond against, oh, I'm not going to bring that up because Rogers an Indiana fan. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Mr. Goodbar is like a, a butler before Brad Stevens got big. That's a, really you, good, yeah. but you don't really think of him first. So who are you going to take? Kit Kat? Or? I'm going Mr. Goodbar. All right, I'm Paul. Going, I'm going, uh, all right. yeah. Yeah, okay. Kit Kat's off the table. So our next round opponent will be Baby Ruth against Butterfinger. Not you. We won't put that pressure on you. That's an easy pick for me. Yeah. All right. Roger, great game this week. UT has been able to do what they needed to do. That semi-scare against Houston. They hammered BYU. uh, And they've really kind of owned Kansas State, which is interesting, uh, despite some of the ups and downs of the horns. Is this about as good a matchup as you can find right now in the Big 12? Boy, I think so, the way K-State's playing. It's funny you say that, uh, David, because people that, that kind of like to look at uh, of, of history and then they, they, they don't look closely sometimes because K-State was such a thorn in Mac Brown's side, in Texas' side early on in the Big 12. There's still that perception uh, that, you know, K-State owns Texas and the signs. But you're right, six in a row, eight of the last ten, Texas has won. has nothing to do with Saturday. But you're right, Texas has kind of had their number. And, uh, and yeah, but the way K-State's playing uh, and the way Texas, I think, you know, there's still some questions about, about how dynamic this offense will be uh, with Malik Murphy. Uh, so, yeah, this, this, is, uh, this is as good as it gets. I mean, you know, just two of the five tied for first place in the Big 12. Roger, what do you think that Kansas State does that Texas will have trouble stopping? Uh, well, they've got a really good defense. So if, if, if Texas can't run the ball consistently and they've run it okay the last two weeks, not to what uh, Sark would like, uh, but if they can't run the ball, life's going to be really tough on Malik Murphy uh, because, you know, that's, that's what they're going to play for. They can say, all right, beat us uh, in your second start. And then I think, I think just K-State, as physical as they are on offense, but, you know, Howard's a, a big guy that, that has thrown the ball better. Uh, they use the tight end. They have Phillip Brooks on the edge. They've got D.J. Giddens. So I, I just think they're pretty well-rounded on offense. And then Texas got to find a way. I mean, they've scored in the 30s every game and one 40-point game. They haven't had that, you know, that breakout offensive game, but they've never done this before where they've scored at least 30 points uh, in their first eight ball games. But they're going to have to find – some ways to get some uh, dynamic plays on offense. A couple of Texas fans in our chat room asking one of them, Paxton, if you think that uh, Sarkeesian will finally figure out the three-three-five defense. I'm not sure what the history is there. I guess that's probably amongst Texas fans or whatever. Is that something that's a deal? Well, yeah. I mean, that's the you know TCU and Iowa State. Yep. Uh, and and you know they've had success and they've also struggled against both of those uh, defenses. So yeah, I think. I thought the question was going to be, will he figure out dot, 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 red zone offense? There you go. And, you know, and, you know goal line offense, that's, that's what's got him uh, up at night. And I'm, I'm sure he, he bites his tongue uh, when talking about it because I'm sure he's as perplexed as anybody how a team that, that moves the ball as well as they do between the 20s can't quite figure it out. But, uh, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know about that specific scheme as far as Sark's worried about the 3-3-5. I mean, you know, he game plans every defense, and he's had a certain amount of success against those guys, and, and vice versa. He's had some trouble uh, with those defenses and other, you know, other defenses as well. Roger, what do you think the, the red zone formula is going to be? 
boy, I mean, it's it's win at the line of scrimmage. I mean, you know, they against OU, they brought in uh, Byron Murphy and Devondre Sweat, you know, a couple of defensive tackles. And if you watch those plays, they never found anybody to block. And so, uh, and then on this occasion, Saturday, Murphy gets to the goes to the second level to block. Now the second level's only a few yards off the ball, but he doesn't get anybody at the point of attack, and that's where uh, Texas gets stopped. So if they're going to go with that big package, they got to make sure they they get a you know as they say a hat on a hat and and find a way. But uh, the the play, I mean, you know, they've tried to throw it. They threw the slant to Worthy on the fourth down. Mm-hmm. They threw that little tight end pass. Uh, to Sanders on the fourth down. He got tripped up. So it, it, it's almost like gets kind of contagious. Things just, just don't work. They don't really throw a fade that well. Uh, and so, you know, that might be one of the issues. Uh, but I think it's just winning at the line of scrimmage is the, kind of the, the, where it starts. I, I saw at Malik Murphy uh, early on, he, he had some resiliency because he threw the pick early and eventually came back. And, you know, again, he's young, he's raw, he's obviously very dynamic, what will they do? Sometimes I've seen this is back in the days. Maybe it's just me. When a player has come in for UT and people are thinking, okay, you got to be conservative, they've been even the opposite. They've been very aggressive. You think they might do that against K State with him? Yeah, and they, they did it to a certain extent. You know, he threw the ball every down on their first possession that, you know, they got a first down and ended in punt. And I, I think even their second possession, they threw a lot. Now, remember, they, they had the punt return for the touchdown. So, um, that obviously helped to get that early lead, uh, but yeah, I think I think Stark knows they're going to have to they're going to throw the ball. Uh, they didn't get over the top uh, with uh, their receivers this past week, so I mean he loves throwing over the top. A lot of it's not worked, but they've hit a few. Uh, but I think I think definitely they've got to find a way to soften up uh, that K State defense, or it's going to be a, a long day. Uh, for Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter and those guys, how long? How how do you think they'll handle the two quarterback thing? Well, Howard, it was more of a more Howard on Saturday, mm-hmm. but Johnson is so fast. That's the thing that that jumped out. So I mean, as soon as he gets in the ball game, how can you not think? All right, he's he's running. So then you know you get creative on offense. He goes play action uh, or something like that. And then Howard's so big that he's not the dynamic runner, but, you know, he can kind of lumber his way to, to make positive yardage and, and pick up a first down and things like that. Uh, but they've been pretty good on defense uh, with, you know, Howard, it's the off-schedule quarterback runs that have hurt Texas uh, with Milrow and, um, you know, against Alabama and some of those things. It hasn't been, you know, the, the designed uh, quarterback run. So I think they'll be pretty buttoned up on that. Roger, uh, many people in the comments here about Texas needs to run the damn ball, pound the rock. Um, they have the dynamic, and Jonathan Brooks is among the best in the country. Obviously, Baxter, the, the the elite freshman, among others, is that? I mean, they run in the ball well. Why is 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 it? Are they sometimes trying to maybe out out uh, think themselves? Oh yeah, I, I think you can always you know accuse. A coach when when you think run run and then they try to hit one and you know they throw a lot of deep balls on first down uh you know to try to obviously catch the defense and then that, when that doesn't work then you get into that second and ten are you going to probably run it on second and ten you get three or four yards and then you're you know in a, in a less than desirable uh third down so uh you know when you look at uh you know the rushing yardage uh they've got over 1200 yards rushing and the passing 
uh, yardage is just a, a little bit over 2,000. So it's, uh, you know, it's, I would call that pretty balanced. I know it's heavier to the pass, but that's, you know, cause, you know, you get a big play here and there and that's going to skew the passing yardage. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think they want to run the ball better than they did the last two. And I think they'd be more than happy to turn this in. I, I referenced, you guys remember last year's, uh, end of the Baylor game when it, you know, turned all run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but, but, you know, they've got to be able to beat them through the air. They've got to keep, uh, that defense honest. I don't think it's just as easy as, as pound it at Kansas State because that's what Kansas State is going to be, uh, playing for. Malik Murphy puts his heels on the end zone on the end line and lets it go, where does it land? <laughs> I'm not, I think he can go maybe – I haven't seen him air it out like that. We don't, you know, we don't get a lot of uh, looks at practice, but I think he can probably throw 65 in the air maybe. That's I mean, my he, guess. Yeah. question is can he you know, out-throw receivers or vice versa. Now the throw against uh, you know, that first touchdown, and I, I realize Mitchell was wide open. Uh, he got behind the defense. But still, how many quarterbacks, especially young guys, would throw that so Mitchell, by the time he's under it, he's out of the end zone? It's just, you know, the fact that he put enough air under it and still let Mitchell go make a play. To me, that said a lot uh, for an early throw in his first start. Uh, and, and Sark always says he's a natural passer. And so uh, I, I think that's one thing that, you know, a freshman, uh, and he was kind of a mystery. You know, he came in as a five-star guy, but he was always hurt. And so nobody really knew what to think of him. Um, and now uh, you get Arch Manning to come in. All right, well, when's Arch going to take over? Well, you got this other guy that's now healthy that Sark really likes. And, you know, he's going to play the guy that he thinks at that moment is, is ready. So uh, it'll be interesting, guys, because, you know, does he make the jump from week to week or does a defense have a, a full game of tape? And so do they, you know, make some adjustments to him that – Obviously, BYU didn't have a full game of tape. They just know what Sark likes. Which, which brings me to this. Uh, right now, Malik Murphy is still someone, and I hope for the rest of his career in college, admired by the University of Texas fan base for his patience, for not bolting when a lot of people would. In fact, one of the players on his roster is somebody that bolted from somewhere else in Quinn Ewers. In the end, if Malik has any kind of crack here that doesn't quite work out, do you still think he'll remain at Texas? I hope he does because I'm not real big about guys leaving if they don't get what they want. I don't know. I mean, if let's say he plays two or three more weeks and if viewers comes back and he's good, you know, what what's going to happen in the offseason with other programs? Now they've got a body of work to base it off of, yeah. not about yeah. his, his high school resume. And then what happens, let's just say viewers – is not here next year. Cause if he's here next year, then, you know, throw your arms up and anybody try to guess what's going to happen with that quarterback room. I think it would just be a guess, but if it's Malik and, and, um, Arch Manning, and then they've got, uh, Trey Owens coming in. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yes, you, you really, uh, admire someone that would stick with it, but you can't blame anybody also, uh, for looking for opportunities. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a case where you go through spring and see how it's going to play out. Uh, but that's a really good uh, – I'm sure every Texas fan is, is wondering that exact thing now that, you know, he's going to start his second game. And I don't see any reason why, in, unless he really struggles, I don't see any reason why all of a sudden they're going to decide, oh, we think Arch is, is more uh, ready than he is. So, therefore, 
you know, it's a clear cut delineation between yours, Murphy and, and Arch Manning going into the off season. Yeah. You know, Roger, before the season started, I, I said that if Quinn Ewers is in the draft, it's probably really good news for Texas. Like it, it that, like, no question. It, it's, I mean, I know it, like, it sounds kind of, you know, most schools would be like, no, God, please let him stay as like long as he, as he can. But I would think that if he winds up in the draft, then that means, especially just given where, like where the season stands at this exact moment, that means they pretty, they finish pretty strong. Yeah. 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 I, I, I totally agree. And I think in, in their part of hearts, when they're sitting in rooms with the doors closed, that, that was the plan that they see happening is that he's got his three years. Uh, he's eligible. He's not projected terribly high right now. It's kind of dropped a little bit, but uh, that can all change. Uh, and then, yeah, then you you have to go figure it out. And I don't think I don't think Sark worries about figuring it out because again, he's in the business of winning games, not of uh, you know hurting feelings. And if if he thinks Malik would be the guy next year, and and something were to happen, well, that's college football. You know, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's rare that they have three right now, and not that not that Arch is ready, but just the uh, how highly touted they are uh, that you have three like that. So it is going to be an interesting offseason, no doubt. Roger, a win against Kansas State with what we now have at the top of the Big 12. It's uh, not chaos. And then there's also elimination games because of people who are playing each other, including Oklahoma after the loss to KU playing Oklahoma State. Uh, just what you see and how, to me, I'm maybe not talking too early here, I think – but the winner of this game, to me, will be in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, I think I think this is it'd be really difficult if Texas loses because then they've lost head to head with two teams that are in the hunt, and they still and then they only have uh, one more of a team that's in the hunt, and that's right. at Iowa State. So yeah, I think you're exactly right. More so, uh, if they lose, I think that's going to be really difficult. Uh, if they win, obviously in great shape because that means they beat a really good team. Now you're going on the road to TCU, which has been a tough place uh, lately, although they did win in Sark's first year uh, up there. And then, gosh, that Iowa State game looks a lot different now than it did a month ago. So, mm-hmm. uh, But, yeah, you win this, you're a pretty confident club going up to Fort Worth uh, with a win over a, a really hot K-State team to get to 8-1. and one. Enjoy it. I know you will. Keep up the great job, young man. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate your time. Right on, guys. Enjoy. Roger Wallace picked Mr. Goodbar over – Kit Kat, which I, Kit Kat, I'm the surprised. Slogan, the, the song in the Kit Kat bar, that drives me nuts. That's good reason to knock them out. Oh, I, no, not volume, taste. <laughs> you, you, that's the king size. That the that's, king. That's the six foot nine got knocked out by a bunch of guards. Look, this is this is a, a, a top rank. This is North Carolina, Duke. They got they're gone. I mean, they're gone. They're, gone. they're out of it. All right, and so we're gonna do this. I don't know how. We need to get a poll up in the chat room on on, on the next okay. round. Can we do that, Garrett? Yeah, I Can got you? you. I got okay, you. I got you. we'll do that. We're going to put a, a poll up in the chat room for the next bracket or the next round of the NCAA tournament. It's going to don't don't put it in the chat. Don't write it down. It won't count. It's going to be in the poll. Baby Ruth against Butterfingers. To, to me, this is a clash of a couple of uh, old time like blue bloods. So we'll come back with that, and I'll tell you right now, I'll take Baby Ruth over Butterfinger any particular day. But you guys vote on that. Guys and there's, girls, there's, vote on that. There's some um, – this is a tough one because Butterfinger, I think, has a better, like, taste to it. But eating a Butterfinger is problematic. It falls it gets, apart. It falls apart. It falls apart too much. 
Uh, now, when we come back, we still aren't done. We have Eric Morris is about to call us, University of North Texas football coach. That's next. This is 365 Sports. Cars price right, day and night. Average your car in Texas. Trucks will feel red, white, and blue. Average your car in Texas. Cars that zoom with lots of room. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be part of the Waco community. We're a small family business here in Central Texas. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important. And unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. And that's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through this difficult time. So if you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. You can schedule online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or call 833-IDEAL-MRI. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive is a premier elite life-changing experience where you can change your mind, body, and soul. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness offers over 40 group exercise classes every week, including boot camp, indoor cycling, bar, silver sneakers, and more. If you haven't been to Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness lately, you're missing out on the improvements. New flooring in the weight room floor and locker rooms, new paint and mirrors added to the weight room and group exercise room, and many new machines have been added and arriving constantly on the weight room floor. New free weights, weight machines, TRX, rowing machines, stationary bikes, new treadmills, new ellipticals on the spacious weight room floor. Personal training with Christy London, Randall Corley, Alex Box, and welcome to Nathan Roach, where you will be encouraged and motivated to grow. A kids club included with your membership plus sauna, whirlpool, and tanning bed. 16 tennis courts plus a beautiful stadium court and longtime youth tennis pro Britt Coleman and assistant junior Kenna. Adult tennis Tennis lessons and clinics with Blake and the commitment to pickleball with eight courts and instructor Jody Thurman. Visit the website at WacoTennis.com or visit us at Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness next to Hawaiian Falls on Lakeshore Drive in Waco. This is 365 Sports. Text us at 254-339-1122. The text line is sponsored by Riverbend Liquor and Wine with the most extensive variety of craft beer in Waco. A hidden gem on Lakeshore Drive and 19th Street. Eric Morris, first-year head coach at the University of North Texas, joins us on 365 Sports. Paul Catalina 
And I'm David Smoke. Thanks to Taylor Bryan for getting this set up as well. Eric, thank you, Coach Morris, for being a part of the show. What is the identity of your football team right now? Close. <laughs> close. Yeah. Close to, close to uh, being able to pull a lot of these out. And um, so I, I think that um, we're definitely in, in a building stage, building a foundation for for uh, the future around here. But, um, you know, we, we got no quit in this. Um, you know, seen a lot of resolve. Our guys are fighting for four quarters. And um, but we're, we're just not consistent enough right now to, uh, to pull out a, a couple of these, especially move into the American Conference. You know, it's been – better schedule challenging schedule um but you know we're right there you know right there with Tulane right there with Memphis and I uh, have chances to win win both of those games at the end so uh so yeah we're growing we're getting better you know we got a bunch of good young players that are making plays and growing for us did you when you look at what you set expectations for for a season how do you do that as a head coach in your first year yeah, hard to do. You know, I mean, I think there's a, a bunch of unknown until and, and you get into uh, into battle with these guys. And so, um, yeah, it's just it's been interesting to see it unfold. Um, you know, I've learned a lot throughout the course of this year, um, both good and bad. And so, uh, I I think that um, you know we we got a uh, we got a long ways to go to get to where we want to be and and to compete for for championships at at uh, at this level in this new conference. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, we're probably the scariest three and five team in the, in the nation right now. And, uh, but I don't want to be known as that, right? That, that's not mm-hmm. something I want to be known as. Um, I'd, I'd rather flip the script on that and, um, and, and find a way to win some of these games. You have shown some resiliency. I know not quite enough of the W's in the win-loss column. UTSA had the, the, the really, like, heartbreaking loss to Houston. They lost at Tennessee, which, of course – for, you don't. Jeff Trader doesn't say that's expected, but Tennessee was better. Army got them, and I think that one still bothers him as much as anything else. What do you see from them? Because they finally have Frank Harris healthy and back. <laughs> I think you just hit the hit the uh, nail on the head right there. Is uh, when you got him at the realm, it's uh, it's a, a really good ball club. It is, anyways. Um, I just thought you know, just for a kid that's played seven years and seen every defense possible. Um, you know, a, a guy that's just done it at a high level for so many years and see the, the growth of Frank, you know, I played against him when we were at UIW early in his career and, and he just nightened. I mean, he, he relied on his athleticism back then a lot more and he's become more of a complete quarterback now. I mean, just anticipation, um, accuracy. I mean, all those things, just team leadership. So, I mean, I think he makes that team go, um, you know, although, I mean, obviously they have good football players. I think, you know, their, their defense is, is stout. You know, they got really aggressive and, and good front seven. Added some transfers on the back end um, that I think are, are playing at a high level right now. Um, so an ag- aggressive defense. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, this is a, a team that just seems like, you know, it seems like Frank's been there forever. Jeff's done a fantastic job of kind of building a culture down there. And, and you know, they find ways to win. They're gritty. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be a, a tough challenge. And I know, you know, this this team um, here that I'm coaching now has had some battles with them the last, you know, five or six years. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't been a part of those, but, uh, but I look forward to uh, to joining in on, on this, uh, this game coming up this weekend. 
Coach, in the new era of college football where, you know, you have a 12-team playoff coming next year, uh, you have the transfer portal available to you uh, in a way that it wasn't uh, before um, and, and that it, there's a lot of uh, opportunity to add talent that you maybe you wouldn't have even gotten a chance to call uh, in the past. You're in Denton, Texas. You've got a great stadium that you play in um, that is very easy to find, too, by the way. Like, you, I've been there several times, and I, I remember trying to give somebody directions that said, Listen, you will not miss it. You are not going to get lost on your way to this place, which is uh, in DFW a great a great asset to have. Uh, plus the recruiting area for a school like North Texas, you normally couldn't say all these great things because you know it was four teams in the playoff and that's it. But in the new era, how much uh, brighter is the future for a school like North Texas? Yeah, I think so. I, I think you know just with with us moving to this conference and just we got to continue to build our our national brand and then you know we got to make it cool for for kids to want to come here and come back home to play here you know and and I think a part of that's winning football games and being a part of those those winning cultures and so um you know it's something you know we didn't go heavy in the portal this last year um got a couple pieces here and there uh, some guys that that are playing really well for us right now um but I I think it's going to it'll it'll always be just it, it'll be a, a heavy dose of both for us we're going to continue to sign you know big high school classes and develop kids i think this will always be a developmental program um but you know we're not going to ignore the portal at all i mean we're we're gonna we're gonna be able to definitely um hit the portal after this season and in the window coming up and and be able to find you know the one thing that that's noticeable for me now that we've gotten in this conference is we're a lot smaller than these other teams um and, and and that's on both sides of the ball. And so I think, you know, that that'll be a huge emphasis for us moving forward is, is we gotta get bigger, longer bodies um up here and it's it's been super evident, especially as we've gotten into these conference games. Let me ask you this, Eric, is it is it more important now to recruit recruit your own roster or those who are about to join your roster coming out of high school? Yeah, same answer there. I mean, I think it's a it's a heavy heavy dose of both. Um, it just is what it is. You know, at some point it's going to fickle out just because of the fact that you know we had five or six kids that you know left here last year that were all conference mm-hmm. and and the majority of them aren't playing at all. You know, we got guys that are all Americans here and then and they're going in and they're probably making a little bit of money, but you know they're not playing football and. Um, and so I think at some point, you know, kids will start seeing that and, and the opportunity to play. And, and you know, the NFL is going to find you wherever you are. But I think a bunch of people have hurt their chances, you know, that left this program that um, that, that we're going to play key parts to this. And and so, you know, I, the, the timing of it, you know, bothers me a little bit. Just the fact that, you know, a kid can go through spring with us and then, you know, a, a bigger school might have an injury and, and come recruit one of our kids off our roster um, for depth. And so, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think that's a good way to do business, but it is what it is, you know, you better adapt to the times or, or you'll get left behind. So, yeah, I think, you know, these rosters are so fluid this day and age. And so I think, you know, you just have to be recruiting more volume of players, both portal and, and, uh, and high school kids and your roster, all three, I guess. I was uh, at Big 12 Media Days. I was talking to Chris Pesman, the athletic director at Houston, about this. And he, I mentioned him, I said, and I'm curious because you are in a major metropolitan area. You know, Houston is, Cincinnati is, you know, a lot of schools are. And now with the way that, like I've mentioned before, that college football is changing, 
schools in metro major metro areas might have more of an advantage than they realize with the transfer portal in that you've got kids that might go off to say A&M or Arkansas or something like that and then be homesick for DFW is that an advantage that you guys might have in the transfer portal of being one of the big schools in that area yeah, you know, but I, I still think it plays second fiddle to to money, mm-hmm. and so I think I think money's number one, and and that's uh, you know the the way a bunch of these guys are able to capitalize on when these kids get in the portal, and and you know people want to say it's not happening. I mean, it's happening at an alarming rate as as these kids are you know offered a ton of money to go somewhere, and and that's influencing the decision. So, and same thing, I, I don't I don't foresee that going away anytime soon. So is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. You know, we've got to find a way to combat it and, and to be able to, um, to continue to build our roster every year. But, but yeah, I think that, you know, obviously, you know, location has something to do with it. Um, but I, I think, you know, like it's been for years, I, I think that plays second fiddle to, uh, to people putting some, some money in these kids' pockets. Let me ask you, uh, if you don't mind this question, if you're recruiting a player, no matter where he is, and the first thing he brings up to you, the first question he asked you about is NIL. What do you say? Um, yeah, and, and I just try to direct that. I mean, we, we have a different, um, you know, party that kind of handles all of the NIL sure. function here that I have no affiliation with. And so, um, you know, just tell them that, hey, I, there, there's somebody that can answer that question. Like, that's not me. <laughs> right. I, not I understand. Yeah, that. I get that disconnect. But, but no, it, it's definitely a turnoff. Like it's not, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit old school still in the fact that, um, that I believe college football is about, you know, going out with your brothers on Saturdays and, and making plays. Now my, all four of these kids making some money. Um, absolutely. Like I'm not against that at all. And, and to be able to, you know, I, I even wish they would do some revenue share stuff with them, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's quickly becoming the have and have not, but at the same time, you know, people are putting together great football rosters of kids that love to play football. And so I think the model's changing. Um, but, too, I mean, on that same note, you're seeing a bunch of people that, you know, have some really talented rosters out there that aren't winning football games. And so, you know, I think it's a little bit of a double-edged sword when you when you start dealing with all of the components that go in with, you know, these guys making a lot of money. Eric Morris, head football coach at North Texas. They have UTSA coming up this weekend. Uh, you took this job knowing that they had come off a bowl game, but there was a change because UNT wanted something better. Uh, and you took it also knowing that they're about to change conferences and the American has gotten bigger, better, faster, and stronger. What does that say about you and your competitive desire and, and the fire you have in your belly? Yeah, whenever I lose that fire, I'm, I'm definitely going to find something else to do. I mean, um, I think I think this uh, these last four or five weeks has put about ten years on me so far. Just um, just because I hate losing so much, and and we're so close, but yet we're so far right now. And so, um, you know, just just the um, obviously being the leader of this program, just trying to figure out you know what what it is that can get us over the hump right now. And so, um, you know, tirelessly working towards it. Our coaches are as well. Um, you know, and there's a bunch of things that go into it, as you know, and and that starts you know with with obviously developing our players are here. It, it starts with, with recruiting um, to match the, the talent level in this conference and um, and starts with us just, just getting these kids a little bit tougher, both physically and mentally. And so, um, 
so some of these things take time. Um, I'm not a patient individual, and so um, you know, I, 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 uh, it bothers me every single day. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll work crazy at it, and I think definitely with with everything you said with with our location, with the ability of having the portal there to, to kind of flip a roster. Which I don't, we don't we don't need much right now. Right. We don't at all. I mean, we got we got some guys that are playing at an extremely high level, and so we need to. Uh, to continue to get those guys better while we uh, while we add a couple pieces here and there, and and, and I think this thing can flip in a hurry. Uh, Eric, you were at Washington State, and we appreciate your time. I know you got other things to do. You were at Washington State for the one year. Just getting a chance to be there, that fan base, Pullman, the program, Dickel, and what what was it like? Um, you think for them when when now they are in a position where they don't know their future? What? How much of a gut punch do you think it is to that program? No, oh, I know how much it is. You know, I, I have a lot of friends there, a lot of kids I recruited there, um, and so this doesn't seem right. You know, with with the history of that place, with what they've been able to do, um, you know, just with that town. I mean, it's it's a small blue collar place that um, you know literally shuts down on Saturdays to go watch the Cougs play. I mean, just a, an incredible amount of pride that that university has, that the alumni have. Um, and just to think that they're not going to be able to, to play in the Apple Cups anymore, that they're not going to be able to, you know, um, play with all these Pac-12 schools is, is just, I mean, it's ludicrous to me. I mean, I, the fact, and I think this will all, I think here in five to, five to seven years, I think it'll all flip back when everybody really looks at it and some of this stuff settles down. The NCAA tends to have these huge pendulum swings and, and mm-hmm. without without thinking things through and slowly moving towards new models like, you know, hey, let's let's not play the players at all. And then, oh, okay, here we go. Let's pay them whatever you can afford to pay them. And then, hey, let's – they can't transfer at all. And now, hey, let's open it up or they can transfer when they want. And, and so, like, I, I just think that once the pendulum swings happen, everything happens so fast and then over time, you know, they'll say, hey, this, this wasn't a very good idea. And so I think eventually, you know, it'll go back to some regional stuff. Now, it might be that, that Power 5 football breaks off from the NCAA. I could definitely see that happening um, here in the near future. But, but yeah, just for a little town that, that you know, is, is so unique in, in the fans, the spirit there, the, the way you walk through you know, airports all over the country recruiting, you get go Cougs, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that, that's special about that. And, um, and I feel for those guys, it's sad for a great university um, to, to be able to think, Hey, they're, they're not going to be involved in those games and, and probably going to be in the, you know, mountain West here in the near future. Last thing. And I said that before, I just want to make the comment. We saw Lakeridge play against Midway in a game up at the Cotton Bowl a few years back at Lightning and Weather eventually ended that game before halftime. But you got a good one. You know that in Chandler Rogers and what a year he's had. Yeah, he's been a stud. He gives us a chance every game, tough as nails. Uh, great competitor. Uh, you know, can beat you with your arm, with his arm, can beat you with his legs, can beat you with his brain. Uh, great combination. So glad, glad we have him on our side right now. Appreciate your honesty and also good luck, Eric. We're rooting for you. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Have a great day. Uh, you too. That's Eric Morris, the head coach at North Texas. And, Paul, I just realized we went a little bit late with the uh, Roger interview that pushed this one back late. We might need to go straight to Mac. Can we two, Can we do a little mini two-minute? No, we can go a little long. Can we go? How long is the break here, Garrett? 
like three minutes. Let's do yeah. that. Let's yeah. break here. Just skip. No the- off the radar. Well, yeah, no, no live here. Here's the break. We come back with Baylor's director of athletics, Mac Rhodes, 365 Sports. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Three Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers, too. Nachos and and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrip off I-35 in Carrollton. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. Samantha Duball, marketing director for TexasBeefHouse.com. You know all about their great Wagyu beef and product they have. You can go to TexasBeefHouse.com for anything you want to order. But, Samantha, thanks for your time. There's an auction coming up in the month of November. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so November 11th, we're having our first public beef auction. Um, It's going to be here at our ranch in White House, Texas. It's going to be a live auction. You can bid in person. You can bid on the phone or we'll also have it online. And we're auctioning off Wagyu and Angus beef. We'll have 30 to 40 pound bundles. They'll be full of steaks, hamburger, and primals. This is perfect for not only the restaurant owners, but also homeowners. So if somebody wants to load up your deep freezer with some great, great product from a place that is just delivering all of the time, what Wagyu from their ranch to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. Welcome back to 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Our weekly segment with Baylor Director of Athletics, Mac Rose, is brought to you by Edward Jones Investment Brokers, Ben Erlinson, Brad Wilson, Cam Heathcott, and Chuck Verno. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Baylor Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes with Paul Catalina. I'm David Smoke. Craig is back tomorrow. Mac, thank you. I want to start off with this. We have a bunch of candy on our studio set, and we're doing like an NCAA bracket. And I'm going to make you pick between two candy. 
Hershey's, right. Hershey's chocolate bar or Snickers? Oh, those are, by the way, two of my favorites. I wonder how but I knew I that. Had choose, if, I, if I had to choose one, I'm, I'm giving Snickers the edge in, well, in overtime. My God. In overtime. In, in overtime. And they move on to play probably, oh, it looks like Butterfinger. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. But, uh, Butterfinger absolutely trounced Routed Baby Ruth Baby in the Ruth, last That round, was a so. disappointment to me. By, by the way, the best blizzard is a Butterfinger blizzard. Oh, so, yes. Like, yeah. So that, that would be a tough choice for me. Yeah. All right. Thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. Uh, now, the Big 12, I was going to ask you about the schedule, and then I saw a couple of notes that is coming out tomorrow, and you're going to give us who Baylor will play in 2024. <laughs> Exactly. How'd you know? I, how did you How did you know? I so. just knew you would. <laughs> no, um, you know, I, I certainly uh, appreciate being part of the process and, and being on that uh, that small working group with uh, with Scott Draper and a and a handful of other other ads. And you know, I I think it's a, a very thoughtful you know schedule. We we took into consideration a, a bunch of different things. You know, um, when you think about you know, time zone and, uh, and, and how many times you're, you're playing in a particular time zone and, and geography, you know, how many, how many times are you going back, you know, back and forth from, from east to west. And, you know, those, those two things are, are really important when you think about how, you know, our conference has expanded and it, and it being a, a national, a national conference, you know, we looked at historic game matchups and, you know, when you think about, the uh, the the Texas schools or the original eight. How much you know? How many times should we be playing each other? How many times should the uh, you know the the four A uh, American Athletic Conference schools that are that are in this year, you know, former um, uh, American Athletic Conference schools? How often should they be playing each other? And and then obviously next year, um, as you mentioned, twenty twenty four. You know, how often should they should the Pac twelve on so all of that, and then we we also, you know, very similar to the to the SEC, we looked at just competitive balance and um, and really, you know, ranked the teams and and um, and then you know there there's some protected matchups that uh, I won't speak to today, but uh, those will be certainly apparent when it's when it's released. So excited for it to to come out, and um, you know it's it's obviously much different than than what we've been used to. Uh, when you think about, you know, the, the the previous year and, you know, you played everybody. And so, you know, how do you, how do you figure out, you know, the, the two best in the, uh, in the conference championship game again, we're, we're going through that this year. Um, but then, you know, I, I think the, the, the future for us is to, is to have some, some conversation about how many, you know, how many power fives should we be playing? Right? Should it should it just be the nine conference games, or should we continue to play ten? And how does that compare to some of the other conferences? And you know, all of this relates to to when we we open up and we you know move CFP from four to four to twelve. And so, um, you know, I, I think you know, even though it's a it's a four year window, um, I think we're gonna we're gonna need to probably you know, think about it after after the first two years. Mac, is it similar to the Big Ten model for scheduling? You know, I, I, I would, um, 
Paul, it's a great question. And I would say, you know, in theory, it's probably most similar uh, to the to the Big Ten. What I will what I would tell you, just in, in recollection and going through all of this, you know, the, the Big Ten had uh, quite a few more protected matchups um, than what maybe we we uh, we have. And so, you know, that that obviously, you know, um, different, a little bit different, different pathway. But yes, if I was, if I was to take a look at all of the, all of the, uh, the, uh, the conference schedules. And again, I know the ACC, you know, um, announced yesterday, I believe. And so I haven't had a chance to look at that one, but I would say yes, uh, probably most similar to the big 10. You mentioned the in-state rivalries and you're about to have one with Houston can you say that you'll play everybody that's a Texas school in the Big 12 next year? Um, I, I can't really speak to that. Okay. I, I will tell you that there is, there is, um, there is certainly recognition of, of, uh, of those are games that, um, you know, I think our, our fan bases want us to continue to play. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, it, it won't be every year, but, but there is a, a recognition um, that those are those are important matchups. Mac, the uh, the process for invoicing Iowa State for a window, I'm curious about. <laughs> <laughs> Do they tell you to get estimates? I mean, you got to get this done in a week. You've got another home game. Uh, well, I mean, less than a week. Uh, also, if you can get that done, we've had some windows broken here. Uh, if you can get it done in a week, if you could send us the name of that guy who does that, I'm very curious because that's a unique one. I mean, I know that like there's been tons of things have happened in coaches' rooms out of frustration and joy and all that but but a whole window gone that one's new to me yeah i thought you were going to say hey just add your broken windows to our invoice so i'm glad <laughs> you didn't go i'm glad you didn't go there but yeah that one you know that one's a first for me um but uh you know i i appreciate you know the the iowa state staff um those that were you know there at the game uh immediately uh reached out to talk to to, to our staff, um, Jamie Pollard, their their athletic director, was not at the game. They were hosting uh, Big Twelve Cross Country Championships, so he stayed in in Ames. But it wasn't shortly, you know, uh, after the game that I got a I got a text uh, from from him apologizing, and um, you know, uh, all of their administration was quick to react to apologize and just let us know what we can we can do and. And, and how we can uh, how we can reimburse you, and so you know, and again, most thankful um, that that nobody nobody was hurt. Mac, uh, the losses pile up. The attendance obviously is uh, not the same. You have Houston this week. The season's winding down. How do you, with right now the program the way it is, plan to uh, regain the trust of your fan base and customer base moving forward? Yeah, I, I think that's a, it's a great question. And it's, you know, it's one that, you know, is, is on my mind constantly. Um, along with, uh, uh, certainly a lot of our, our staff members, but, uh, you know, and you've heard me say this before. Um, so I, I apologize if it's repetitive, but, but I certainly know and have an appreciation for, for, uh, for our fans and just how frustrated they, they are. And, um, 
you know, I, I think even though it's, it's not a, a lot of fun to go through, I, I'd rather uh, be, be part of a program uh, where you, you have fans that deeply care because it's, it's those that deeply care who, who are frustrated. And, uh, and so never, never want to take that for, for granted. And, you know, I, I think about the Iowa State game, homecoming, the celebration, um, terrible weather, right? Not, not ideal weather. And, and we still had, had fans, um, come on out to, to McLean. I thought we, we had a, a, a great crowd. And so again, grateful and, and thankful. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, when, when you have fans, fans that have become accustomed to, to success, um, and you don't, you don't match that. Um, it's, it's hard, you know, and I think about since, since 2011, you know, um, we lead the nation in combined wins and in, in football and basketball, you know, you think about the, the last 10 years of, of football, you know, five of those we've finished in the top 15 and, you know, 10 of 13 years we've been ranked. And, you know, again, 2001, the best, the best season in the history. And so we've built a, a, a great standard. And when you fall short, man, it's everybody's frustrated, uh, by the way, in, including the head football coach and, and including the, the athletic director. Um, I think what, what gives me great confidence is, is, uh, is the, 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 the people we have in place. Um, and since I've been here, you know, every time this, this program has experienced uh, a setback it is it has always responded um you know you think about 2017 and then the following year and you think about 2020 and then the the the, the following year and so you know i i certainly have great faith and beliefs and we're working like crazy so that um uh this this program responds in a very very positive way um you know, the, the goal has to be right in the, in the future to, to have a program where we have, you know, fewer setbacks and, um, they're, they're, they're fewer and far between. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a more difficult time to, to, to manage that with, you know, the, the landscape is much different than it was two or three years ago. And, and so I think, um, again, we're, we're, you know, navigating that and, and working hard on that each and every day. And, and as I mentioned, it's, you know, it's something that, um, you know, I, I candidly think about all the time, all the way up until I, I put my head on a pillow and I, I wake up in the morning and, and even, even in the, in the middle of the night. So, um, you know, and, and finally, you know, I just say that, you know, Dave's a, a, a great partner in, in all of this. I, I love his intelligence, his, his humility and his, and his motor. And, um, you know, um, he's, he's not sitting tight, right? He's working tirelessly in, in terms of, you know, how, how we, you know, finish, but, but also how we, we set up and we, we prepare for, for next year as, as well. So, you know, I saw yesterday, this, this reminded me a little bit about just yesterday and, and, and Dabo Sweeney, you know, uh, certainly had a, had a bit of, of frustration. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just, I think that underscores, um, 
where there are some programs today that are used to winning and, and maybe, maybe having a, a difficult, a difficult time of it. But, um, I, uh, I really believe that, um, we'll respond in a, in a great way. Uh, like we, like we have following the, the, the 17 and the, in the, in the 20 seasons. You were at Houston, uh, and you did some good things there and obviously set them up for some success. Now that, uh, obviously, Pesman, the AD, we've had him on many times, what it means to Houston to be a part of the Big 12 like the others. You're playing them this week. It renews a rivalry that, that went on during the days of the Southwest Conference. Your thoughts about how important it is to take care of a newbie and make sure they understand that you and a lot of others were the ones who were part of the original Big 12. Yeah, I mean, we're we're certainly you know excited to to have Houston as, as part of the the Big Twelve going forward. It it probably means uh, maybe a, a little bit more to me since I you know I spent you know five years there and we were able to to do uh, a lot of really great things and you know we opened a. a when I was there, you know, they, they opened up, I guess I should say a, a brand new stadium, the, the same time that, that McLean opened and, um, you know, really put a, an emphasis in, you know, building infrastructure for the, for the football program to be, be successful. Um, you know, Houston's a great city when you think about, you know, talent and, uh, you know, I think about, you know, the history of great players we've had from, from that area. Um, you know, you think about a, a Mike Singletary and a Santana Dotson and, you know, a Jalen Petrie. And so um, I think it's really important for us to have that great, great connection between between us and the, and the city of Houston. And I think, you know, playing the University of Houston, um, you know, and having them as part of the conference helps helps with that connection. Mac, the pavilion continues to move along. I know that opening game just around the corner, the first of the year. Uh, your thoughts about the progress? And then number two, I, I have been told that when the, if the women are in a position to host the first and second round, at least this first year, in the, the spring of 2024, that that would be at the Ferrell Center because, right, the development center is still going to take a little bit more time. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll speak to that first. And uh, you are exactly right. Um, you you heard correctly that um, you know uh, we're fortunate enough to host you know first and second rounds you know the NCAA women's basketball tournament that we would move that back to to, to Farrell um, just again because the the development center and and uh, will still be under construction and and what what does that mean that means that we wouldn't have all of the the locker room spaces completed yet. Um, to, to host, you know, uh, four teams. And so um, that's where it would be played. And, you know, and, and hopefully that's one last magical, you know, moment in, in Farrell if we're, we're able to do that. Um, obviously, you know, um, the, the story was getting the, the uh, AC turned on in the, in the pavilion and we were able to do that. And so we're still tracking towards our, projected you know open open dates and um you know it it won't be you know 100 percent completed building certainly you know on the outside when we think about landscaping and and in all of the parking and then you mentioned it you know the the back half of the building the um the uh 
the uh, development center will still be be under construction, and so you know we'll we'll get the keys you know to the building you know that that noon before the game, and then you know following the game we'll have to turn it back over to to the construction uh, crew. So, uh, but but everything you know everything says that uh, we're again tracking to to play you know, in, in early January. And, um, you know, I've had some people ask, you know, why, why play the games there, particularly, obviously the big 12 games, if, if the whole facility isn't, isn't complete. And, um, and so we've certainly had a, a lot of conversation about that as a staff with, with the basketball staff, but we just, we think the new pavilion, the arena will, will portion will be ready and that it, it provides the, the best environment for our, for our student athletes and, and for those big 12, big 12 contests. Is it just in particular, like with that, like even navigating all the things you're going to have to, like you just mentioned the boost for just the team and the momentum of a, of a student fan base in a new spot, uh, is worth the, the risk of all that other stuff. Right. Plus you have a backup plan anyway. Yeah, no, we we have a backup plan, right? We we've got the the, the Ferrell Center, but I just think the energy you you know you spoke to it, Paul, just the the excitement and the energy and and the anticipation, you know, for for both programs to to to, to be be in the facility, play Big Twelve games there. Um, I think you know, uh, and I think our fans will will realize it. It it gives us a, a tremendous. You know, I think it will give us a, a tremendous home court advantage. So, you know, if we can if we can do that, then you know that's that's what we're going to do. And and again, as mentioned, you know, we're on track to to be able to do that. Mac, you mentioned earlier, and last thing, and we appreciate your time as always. That as far as what is on your front mind, and then you have an athletic department to run, then you have all this other stuff going on with just college athletics in general. Uh, do you sleep well? Once you finally fall asleep, or is it one of those where I need to send you some gummies? Well, you, uh, you know, the, the honest answer is, uh, I don't sleep well, but, but I've never slept well. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a person that, you know, I think I, I sleep literally no more than, than two hour increments. I'll sleep for two hours and then I'm, I'm up and then, you know, go back to bed for another two hours, and that's just kind of the way I roll. So, um, just just the way I guess God made me. Do you do you have like a little recorder there? Or do you write like a sticky notes? I mean, that, I've done that. I, so I <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have like a to do list, and I have it, ne- and I'm always adding to it, whether it's three thirty in the morning or whenever. Yeah, I'll I'll do something on my phone, or you know, again, I think we've talked about it, even like when I go back. You know, I go out on a jog, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. the first thing I come in is, is write stuff down. So, um, but yeah. And, um, and then I'm, I'm going to be, you know, there's, there's been some times where like, oh, I'm not writing this down because I've, I've had enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, even though I'm, I'm thinking about it, but, uh, no, that's, that's, um, that's the way, I guess that's the way God made me. And, and, um, so, um, the way, yeah, the way I roll. Thank you very much for your time. That's Mac Rhodes, Baylor's director of athletics on many things, including uh, trying to make sure that 
that Baylor, as a university and athletic department football program, because of how bad things have been, and it's been tough, you know, uh, it's it's obvious, and and how they don't completely lose the fan base or have to regain back some, and it won't be easy. Some I've seen it, I've heard it, I heard from you know I'm 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 not going to another game this year. I'm not sure what the crowd will be for Houston on Saturday. You can see that it's dropping. Uh, it's not like they're completely blind, even though fans will think, yeah, they are. Uh, that is still front and center. It doesn't mean you're going to get the answer you want, the decision you want, the moment that you want, and I don't know what that is. I don't, but we appreciate Mac at least for answering that question among many, many others, including the game with Houston coming up where he used to be coming up on Saturday at 2.30 at McLean Stadium. When we come back, we're not done. Uh, No Craig today, so no off the radar, so we'll get to a couple of more stories and also some college football notes and – um, Tim Brando will join us right at 5 o'clock. John McClain, Hall of Famer at 5.30. And this is 365 Sports. TexasBeefHouse.com. It's interesting because I was just now, just now looking up their address to send the Duval family a thank you note. In fact, they're having that massive auction coming up, coming up this weekend. Uh, no, not this weekend, but next weekend. And it's an opportunity for you. You as just someone who you might live, you have a family, your business, you own a restaurant, any of the above. Like I have a deep freeze on the back porch of the condo where I live, and I have a lot of beef in there or chicken and, and even pork, etc. TexasBeefHouse.com coming up on Saturday, November the 11th at the Duval Ranch in White House, just outside of Tyler, their first public beef auction. Some of you have asked me, okay, let's say you win or you, you, you actually buy something. 30 and 40 pound bundles of you buy something. They will send it to you. And of course, the cost of shipping will be on you. And that's fine. But they will get that to you. TexasBeefHouse.com will auction off Wagyu and Angus beef. Aged Wagyu and aged Angus beef. 30 to 40 pound bundles with steaks, hamburger, and primals. Uh, The perfect for restaurant owners, I brought that up, and also for homeowners. Imagine what you might be able to put back in your deep freeze for you to have for the rest of the holidays and for the rest of however you want, because you could always also then go to TexasBeefHouse.com and order what you want. Samantha Duvall is the one who you will speak with, and she's also the one that will take care of your order. The TexasBeefHouse.com, college football pick uh, I'm going to put this link back up again. You can go up until basically about a time a game starts. We'll put that up. Um, we've had winners from all over the country, from the northwest to the southeast, from the east coast to the west coast, throughout the Midwest, uh, in the northeast, and also around the southwest. Thanks to Kim Coulter, who bought 15 $100 gift certificates from Texas Beef House for you and for us to have the Pick'em Contest throughout the football season. By the way, on that auction on November the 11th, you can be at the ranch. You could also be in person to bid. You can be on the phone, and you also can be online. So there's the options for you if you case, in case you can't be there. It's TexasBeefHouse.com and the first public beef auction, Wagyu and Angus beef in 30 to 40-pound bundles, steaks, burgers, and also primals. That's hamburgers and or beef just itself. It's TexasBeefHouse.com.
From the first workout to the last practice, sports is an incredible and rewarding challenge. Hi, this is Dan Ingham with the First National Bank of Central Texas, and we're proud to support each athlete, every parent, and our educators. From families, small businesses, to the biggest industry, we're here to help. With remarkable products like our free First Mobile app, we've got banking ideas that fuel big dreams. That's the First National Bank of Central Texas. Familiar faces making local decisions. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Petty Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men an exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovi. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication. Once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help us finally here. Semaglutide, affordable, highly effective. Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby is a homegrown, locally owned pizza place that's out of this world. Everything from the dough, the sauce, the sausage topping is made fresh in-house. Not to mention the amazing pizza pillows, the chicken wings are to die for, try the sick'em sauce, chili cheese fries or tots, plus great specials on food and drink every single day. Shorty's is also the perfect spot to watch the game with your friends. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby. Tell them Paul sent you by. At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be a part of the Waco community. We're a small family business right here in Central Texas, and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important, and unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. That's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less. Sometimes thousands of dollars less, whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing if that's needed, everything included in the price, and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call, 833-IDEAL-MRI, IdealMRI. This is 365 Sports. The Sikkim 365 app is brought to you by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Come by, let's be friends. Thanks to all of you, everybody that watches us or listens to a Sikkim 365 app, which is really good. Okay. Don't tell me. I, I've already said Butterfinger won. No, but Butterfinger, Butterfinger won. Snickers won that one. We've got to, um, you know, determine these last two because we've only got a little over an hour left. Okay. The Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and this is kind of a weird matchup. This is like one of those oil and water. This is. And what would Skittles? What would their common opponent have been normally? Uh, I don't know. Look, here's the thing: Skittles. Maybe is a, M&Ms. 
Yeah, maybe no, Skittles versus because no, they're, they're both you know Cheryl, or Starburst. Skittles are Starburst. 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 Yeah, but see, I I am promoting good dental health. Yeah. Uh, well, Starburst will crack a tooth. So, like Skittle, Skittles will just rot them. As I eat my uh, Hershey bar, they got knocked out in the first round. Uh, Skittles versus Reese's should not even be. This should be was the Georgia Tech versus Catawba College or whoever they beat, two hundred and twenty-two to zero. Cumberland, Cumberland. Okay, Cumberland. This is Skittles or Cumberland. Reese's. One of the best candies they will ever walk there. That would not still be there empty. No, we just have or, the wrapper. Yeah, he would have the uh, wrapper sitting there. Reese's are way better. Skittles. All right, so we just gonna throw Skittles them out. are for for little right, kids. We're making that one decision. So now we have Mister yeah. Goodbar, Butterfingers, Snickers, and Reese's. Now here's the mother load, baby. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll do put the poll up. I'm gonna put the poll up, and we're gonna make you, and we will ask our guest Tim Brando at five. M and M's and M and M's. This is like a family. This is like. Uh, an argument like the, the Hatfields and McCoys here, all a part of the same family. They all probably came from each other, too. M&M's, Peanut, and M&M's Plain. Garrett? Oh, Peanut. It's not even close. Look, I, I love M&M's in all their forms. It is by far my favorite candy. If you put a bowl of M&M's here and it was mixed, if it was the if he threw in all the other ones, the fudge and the crispy and the, the peanut butter, everything they've thrown in there, mint, I would eat them all without even blinking an eye. I've got to go with the plain, the classic. Nothing makes me happier than a plain M&M, although I do love the peanut. Sir, blah, blah, blah. I'm rude. I know it. I have a Hershey, part of a Hershey bar. Neither you, sir, oh, man. need therapy. Yeah, you got help. And look, peanut so far with 22 votes is dominating. Dominating. Why? Because it's larger, so you get more? No, There's just I more think, flavor to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But Katie right, Rader, Paul. thanks for the 365. Katie Rader, a couple of healthy snacks on us. Thank <laughs> you very much. Now, no, but you're right. If there was a bowl and there was like five bags of one and five bags of the other, and I've probably been guilty of not only doing that at a party, and I can't remember the last time I went to any kind of party, but not only would I have continued to dip in there mm-hmm. and eat, I would have probably stuffed 25 or 30 handfuls in my pockets. See, I'm only grabbing the peanut ones. Like, that's the only M&M I'll mess with is a peanut M&M. Have you uh, had the UT crispy? Parking yeah, I don't like crunch. them. Oh, See, I'm a, I like the crunch. UT Parking, very part of the strengths and weaknesses of these candy is uh, it's, it's got a crunch, too. Alan, texture in the M&M. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Peanut butter. Peanut looks like peanut butter, and, and Sir Blah 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 admits he does need therapy. Yeah. XO Mount Hood. Every candy bar loses to a little Debbie Nutty Buddy. A Nutty Buddy? I don't know. Now, if you like, that's a different. That's not even really. That's not a. It's kind of a that's cookie. Not a can, that's like if you, we would do Twinkies and yeah, Susie um, Q's and all yeah, that. The, wouldn't yeah. we? Yeah, that's yeah. more of that thing. But Nutty Buddy's close to a. By the way, candy bar. Uh, Twink Hostess. I was at HEB the other day, and Hostess has fallen victim to the pumpkin spice craze. You can get like a pumpkin spice cupcake or a Twinkie. I saw those. I went right by them. Yeah, I mean, you know how I used to always on a road trip, I'd have my little cooler with the fifteen diet cokes, and then if we didn't stop at a convenience store to get the nasty deep fried gizzards, man, we did that all the time. I did, and then I would pour a bunch of salt on it. We would go into the Hostess cupcakes, uh, the Twinkies, the Susie Q. Okay. I could down a few of those. Um, Planes started to make a little bit of a comeback here, but Peanut still is a very commanding lead at 59 Well, because they're starting to press. Yeah. 
plain, plain M&Ms are starting to do a little bit. All right, so yesterday, and I know all this has been out for almost 24 hours, and we discussed part of it, SMU's schedule, SMU's non-conference back-to-back, and not back-to-back years, but a couple home and away with BYU. Here is the mass picture, and God help you if you, can, if you have eyesight like me and you can't read all this. There is the 2024 ACC mass schedule from top to bottom. From Boston College, you have Cal in there now. Of course, Stanford's in there. You have uh, the SMU in there, all the way down to the W in Wake Forest. Paul, you do have that game at, in Dallas for you to go watch. Mm. That's great. Let's see here. FSU also has, let's see, they have Boston College. They always struggle against them. Yeah. Cal, Clemson, North Is that going to be Clemson without Dabble? Uh <laughs> North Carolina, Duke. Um, so you're, you're keeping so the main ones. Here's the, here's the great news for FSU. Mac Brown has never beaten his alma mater. Really? Never beaten him. Uh, Duke on the road, going to be tough, especially if Mike Elko still there. Miami on the road, I think it'll be really okay, tough next year. Why time. are they still only playing eight games? Because, I don't know. It, it drives me nuts. I mean, that's 17 teams. Mr. Guy just brought that up. They still only have eight games. I yeah. get Okay. I I know, and you could, to me, you could make it better. I mean, look, if you just, you know, pick randomly Virginia Tech schedule in there, I'm looking – like if you if you did put, anyone get screwed? Uh, no, I don't think so because it's hard to do that with seventeen teams. I mean, everybody's, you know, you know, like. Well, you know, you know what? I mean, I, if you look at the common opponents of the ones that are the rivalries, FSU's playing Clemson, North Carolina, and Miami, and that's going to always be that way, and I kind of appreciate them. And Florida State's never been afraid to play people in non-conference. So, they, they, you know, the, that, those common rivalries right there are going to always yeah. maybe notch it up because they're in the yeah. same division. They're not going to have divisions, right? Yeah. Are no. they going to do divisions? No, okay. it's the top two. This is the first year of the top two make the championship game, which – until last week was still really kind of up for grabs, but now if I think if Florida State and Louisville each win win this week, I think that's the ACC title game. Yeah, I might be wrong. I mean, Louisville might need to. If Florida State beats Pitt, I don't think that they have any way of being knocked out of well, it. Pat Narduzzi may not have anybody play for him this weekend. Is that <laughs> what he said? Thanks, Pat. Yeah, yeah. FSU's like the Cowboys; they always get a break the week before they play somebody, uh, except in the playoffs. Except in the playoffs. Your, your, like, your theory holds oh. up until the playoffs. Yeah, no, the NFL sets them up. We understand that. Even when they lose, it's still they try to get it. Speaking of that, and it's a quick NFL note, and we'll have Tim Brando at five. Washington, my favorite NFL team, Garrett, your favorite NFL team, Unfortunately. and Craig's NFL team just basically decided they're going to tank. Yes. They traded uh, Montez Sweat. Sweat to the Bears. And Chase Young. To San Francisco, the 49ers picked up the Bears' really good corner, and they picked up what earlier they had Randy no, they Gregory. Didn't. They, no, didn't they, did not. they didn't get They didn't get him. Okay. Yeah, no, they didn't so, get him. Uh, and Dallas picked up who? Dallas picked up no one. Um, while, that might be a good thing. Okay, look. They're loaded, Paul. They just evaporated. That's the worst thing the that could have happened to them because then it reiterates that everything they're doing is right. And they keep building for this future that never comes. Like, oh, we need to have a lot of draft picks. Yes, I agree with that most years. I watched except, them play. I saw a team the, that was basically not going to give up. They're not going to lose another game. Yeah, but then but then they turn around and do what they, they do. I, I like here's 
here's what's frustrating. I agree that you need to build and keep have deep drafts most years. But when you are at go-for-it time, and they're at go-for-it time right now. Yeah, they are. Everything's at, wide open. Yeah, They're at go-for-it time, especially in the NFC. You've got to go for it. Do you know who's going for it? The Eagles. Do the Eagles need Kevin Byard, who's an all-pro safety? Do they really need him sure to be do. better? Not necessarily. Like, did they need to do that? No. But guess what? Now they're that much better, and they've got Kevin Byard. Did the 49ers, whose defense they've lost three straight, Paul? Yes. But even still, at their peak, when their defense is healthy, chokes you out like you stole all their money. Do they need Chase Young? No. But they can go get him. So they, did. they, they did. sure as hell didn't choke out whoever I watched him play the other day. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just they're, like, they're, they're, they're in a free fall. Debo Samuel's hurt. You know, the, the uh, Brock Purdy is now playing like the last pick in the draft. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. he threw a pick. The other All right, day, so a couple but. of NFL notes. We got out of, a little bit out of hand there. Yeah, I just think the Cowboys need to be more aggressive. Uh, Tim Brando, Fox Sports next. Where am I at, Paul? I'm just completely messed up. Marcos. Oh, okay. Uh, Tim Brando, Fox Sports is next on 365 Sports. In fact, I got a new email today, a newsletter today from Marco's Pizza. So let me look at that if it pops up on my screen. Marco's Pizza, five locations in the Waco area used to be none. Fastest growing pizza brand in the country. Five locations including Woodway and Hewitt, Robinson, China Spring, and also Bell Mead, Marco's Pizza, pizza lovers get it. And there was something about, you know, they had the pepperoni magnifico. Then they had the sausage magnifico. Then you could combine the two magnifico. And now there is the hot honey magnifico at Marco's Pizza. Pizza lovers get it. Uh, it's the start of a, a brand new, uh, of course, friendship with pizza in a different way. Marco's Pizza with the Honey Magnifico. I got to look at this. $10.99 for a large pizza. Uh, Let's see. Hot Honey Magnifico. Oh, it's a sauce. Mike's Hot Honey Infused Chilies. They now have, if you want that, it says Marco's Meat Mike's. It's the start of a delicious friendship. Marco's Savory Classic Pepperoni and Old World Pepperoni Meet the Sweet Heat of Mike's Honey Honey. A Hot Honey. Try a large for $10.99. Here are some tips on how you get started. The first thing you can do is call your local Marcos. If there's not one in your location, you can also order online if that works. You can go by and pick it up. They will deliver Marcos Pizza, including Mike's, again, Mike's Hot Honey Sauce. Five locations in Waco, Marcos.com. How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way, financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. Baylor alumni are more than 160,000 strong. 
When we all join hands to support our university, we don't just move the needle, we move mountains. Working together, we create life-changing opportunities for students on the field, in the classroom, in the laboratory, and in life for generations to come. So get connected. Get involved. Learn how at baylor.edu slash alumni. Samantha Duball, Marketing Director for TexasBeefHouse.com. You know all about their great Wagyu beef and product they have. You can go to TexasBeefHouse.com for anything you want to order. But, Samantha, thanks for your time. There's an auction coming up in the month of November. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so November 11th, we're having our first public beef auction. Um, It's going to be here at our ranch in White House, Texas. It's going to be a live auction. You can bid in person. You can bid on the phone or we'll also have it online. And we're auctioning off Wagyu and Angus beef. We'll have 30 to 40 pound bundles. They'll be full of steaks, hamburger, and primals. This is perfect for not only the restaurant owners, but also homeowners. So if somebody wants to load up your deep freezer with some great, great product from a place that is just delivering all of the time with Wagyu from their ranch to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. At Allen Samuels in Waco, we've got amazing deals that make you ask, why shop anywhere else? During Ram Power Days, get a new 2023 1500 Lone Star 4x4 Crew Cab, $11,000 off MSRP or 2.9% for 72 months. Or choose a new 2023 1500 Laramie 4x4 Crew Cab, $12,500 off MSRP or 2.9% for 72 months. That's right, we're making big deals, so hurry in today. Allen Samuels in Waco, the place to shop Ram Truck. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 5 o'clock hour is sponsored by Edward Jones Investments with financial advisor Brad Wilson. Investing his time and experience back to you and your money during today's changing times. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. Man, we love having Tim Brando on the show. And Tim has always been kind enough to let everyone know when he's going to appear with us on 365 Sports. And we do it again here today. Tim Brando, Fox Sports. Tim, we're, it's Halloween, as you know. So I bought a bunch of candy randomly at a convenience store. We're having a candy, like a, a tournament. We're down to one of the picks is Snickers against Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Which one of those two, if you even have or like either one of them, which one would you choose? I'm not crazy about either, but I would take Snickers. Okay. What All is right. your favorite? I'm not crazy about either one. All right. What, what? is your favorite? Oh, 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 look at that. Oh, my God. And me, too. And yeah. Our audience, Tim. Number two. Number two. Number two. Number two. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. That, that They played each other in the first round. How about two blue bloods yeah. going up against each other and, and Butterfinger? <laughs> hey, I want to yeah. start with a non-college football story. I, uh, my favorite player in the history of life in baseball was Frank Howard, yeah. and I saw your post yeah. about Frank Howard. I lived in Virginia. My dad was at the Pentagon when they were the Senators, moved, of course, to Arlington, a gentle giant who was a phenomenal home run hitter, hell of a player with the Dodgers, and I saw your post. I love that. Your remembrance or your memories and thoughts about Frank Howard, Hondo, as they called him. Yeah, I just, I was always upset that we didn't get to see him. Most of the time, if you lived where we lived, 
in baseball in those days, you didn't get to see him until the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. It was almost as if he didn't play until the All-Star game. Uh, and I remember the bat a little bit like, um, you know, you remember uh, Richie Allen, Dick Allen, he yep. always had a, a really heavy, heavy bat. They always talked about how many ounces his bat was, and yet he swung it like it was a toothpick. Even more so, Frank Howard, his arms and his hands were so big, and I think he, he did not swing as heavy a bat as um, as Allen did. It looked like a toothpick, you know, in his uh, in his hands. And I think probably the two most intimidating left-handed hitters from the generation I grew up in were Willie McCovey and Willie Stargell in that order. I thought those two guys were just menacing uh, at the plate. From a right-handed standpoint, though, Frank Howard, without a doubt, was the guy. I mean, he just... <laughs> He was a mountain of a man, you know, and uh, I just remember watching those World Series, and, and I would always get mad in the fourth inning when they would, you know, almost always the starters would play three innings and that was it, and they'd yeah. bring other guys in. And I was like, I want to see Frank Howard bat four times, please. Just don't take him out because uh, – and in those days when we were growing up, you know, you didn't miss the All-Star game. No. I mean, it was required viewing – uh, for kids back in uh, in our generation, so uh, I uh, I never saw him play in person. I saw McCovey and Stargell and a lot of the other guys of that generation play in person. And uh, of course, when I started calling baseball games, uh, guys like um, you know Ozzie Smith were mm-hmm. still playing, and uh, I got to know a lot of the greats during that period. Most of them became managers uh, when Dusty. Uh, when Dusty Baker decided to call it a career with the Astros after the ALCS, I bemoaned the fact that he was leaving because he was a last connection for me with the Braves. When I was uh, nine years old, I was a bat boy for the Shreveport Braves. The double A farm club in the Texas league was in Shreveport and uh, Dusty and Ralph Gar, Wayne Garrett, who was later traded to the Mets the very year they went to the series and he platooned at third base with Eddie Charles when they beat uh, the Orioles in 69, I was 13 years old. I, I, I got the bat boy for Dusty Baker when I was uh, 12 years old. I mean, that's 11, 12 years old. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. That is cool. And he was, uh, and he was uh, uh, just a uh, – I do remember just how uh, – what a gentleman he was. You know, how what a cool guy he was. And uh, Old Spar Stadium where the Braves played and later the Shreveport Captains played, it was an old stadium that was run by the city, and uh, it was a thrill for me to get to play in uh, American Legion ball in that ballpark because I'd seen all these big leaguers play there. Rocky Calavito had come in when I was about nine years old. Denny McLean actually pitched in Shreveport when the Brewers had the farm club, and he was trying to get back to the, um, to the big leagues after he threw out his arm in Detroit. That happened in 71, 72. I was in high school, and I was playing Legion ball in that ballpark. Uh, at that time, so a lot of great memories of, of minor league baseball and and um, and those guys that played in in that generation. And I was David. I was one of those guys that I took the Sporting News. I knew all the. I knew who was playing where. Mm-hmm. I could tell you the batting averages of guys playing in the American Association, Pacific Coast League, <laughs> and I was also a player. So I was. I was. I was. A, I was a sports nerd, and I also was an athlete. I played baseball. You know, all the way through high school and, 
you know, stopped in college because I knew I was going to be better talking about it than playing it. But, you know, growing up, you know, you, you felt like if you were going to be a sportscaster for a career, you were going to have to do baseball because there was no ESPN back then. There were no national jobs. And the only sport that lasted long enough that you could have a full-blown sportscasting career was baseball. So I think that was all of our first loves back in, in our generation. Tim, uh, I uh, I have a quick Willie McCovey story. I think it's pretty funny. I went the only time I've been to AT and T Park. It was actually on Willie McCovey's birthday on Willie McCovey mm-hmm. night, and we had our where our seats were. We had to take an escalator to get there, and it was very dark in the like in the in the concourse. So my friends uh-huh. and I are riding up on the escalator, and there was a, a very large man standing in front of us, but it was dark and you couldn't see anybody anywhere. We get off the elevator and then the, like the entire like concourse erupts in applause. And my <laughs> buddy who's about six beers deep behind me goes, what the hell's going on? And then like uh-huh. the sunshine hits his face. And I was like, Oh crap. It's Willie McCovey. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, awesome. Yeah. Everybody was That's like, awesome. people were grabbing like, Oh, is he signing autographs? I'm like, I don't know. I was just behind him on the escalator. I'm not with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Time. <laughs> I, I, would have, I think probably most you know, because he was so large, so tall. Uh, and most baseball players, when they're out of uniform, sort of blend in with the crowd. You know, they're not necessarily not like NFL players or NBA players. Uh, but McCovey would have been one of those guys. I think if you had gotten him from an angle. You might have known it was was the yeah he uh, was just, stretch just a know? tall guy in front of me that's all I thought yes yeah. was... <laughs> that's great yeah that's a great story so you uh you you heard Dabo and maybe his reaction to a caller and then of course today there was a little bit more of a lighter mood but he he kind of doubled down what are your thoughts uh, about he reacted you've hosted coaches shows my goodness some don't take calls some do some take emails mm-hmm. your thoughts about his reaction last night well i you know given the fact that the caller was um it was one of those almost like a, a twitter slash x if you want to call it that moment for for a phone call in show uh i would i would certainly talk to my screener if i was the uh Clemson Athletic Department, if they're running that show, I talked to my my screener about how he got duped, but um, I didn't think that he said anything that was was uh, too too out of order. He may have gone on a little too long, yeah, and he may have defended himself too much, but um, I didn't have a problem with what he said. The gist of it being, um, and my takeaway from it being. Uh, the level of expectation does not match up with the level of appreciation. I, I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Um, it's a byproduct of today's culture, uh, the, the rancor and anger that so many people in our country have about a lot of other things spills over into sports now. I see it every week on my Twitter feed. You yeah. know, yeah, just you do. some smart aleck SOB that wants to, uh, to say something you know, yesterday, somebody uh, just you know trying to troll and you know said um, you know he he came after me and I said uh, well I'm in the business and this is what I think and he said oh you are I uh, I didn't know that I, I I thought you were gone you know that kind of thing mean spirited stuff comes up all the time and uh, he he reacted emotionally to it because he's on he's energized he's got his adrenaline flow going because he's it's his show it's got his name on it. And so I can see how he would react the way that he did. It lasted maybe a little longer than it should have. Uh, 
I think sometimes what's missing today for a lot of these coaches is a buffer. They don't have um, uh, a publicist expert that they trust near and dear to them the way in the old days they once did. Mm -hmm. There was an old uh, SID at Clemson for many, many years, Bob Bradley, who used to handle Frank Howard and then later handled uh, Danny Ford. And if Bob Bradley were alive, he would have counseled Dabo before he, he went on the air and he would have said, something along the lines of, hey, uh, just say it once and move on to the next guy. You know, just say it one time and move on. Because the longer this lasts, the more attention to him and to this you're paying, and you don't, that's not what your purpose is. That's not what you are trying to achieve. Uh, unfortunately, today, uh, college football coaches are surrounded by yes men uh, and yes women that are there to just uh, shake their heads and agree with whatever the coach says. There's no one next to the coaches any longer that's giving them some difficult truths, uh, some things to make them uh, maybe look in the mirror and see that per perhaps that they are not doing themselves any favors either. Um, if that were the case, I think he might have handled it a little more quickly and succinctly and moved on. I, that would be my one critique, that it lasted too long. Uh, and he gave this young he gave this young troll uh, too much uh, energy and, and and too many headlines the day after, which is the last thing that our country needs and the last thing that these clowns need. There was a time, uh, David, when I would uh, try too hard to to um, to get people on social media to be social. Mm -hmm. You know, they they don't want to be social. It's really missed. The name is not appropriate. It's not social media. It's a bitch fest, and all they want to do, all they want to do, is make you look bad. And you got to understand that. I still probably have more dialogue with with people on social media than anybody else that does what I do uh, for a living, and I'll probably continue to be that way. That's who I am. But the moment I identify that they're out of bounds, I, I either uh, block them or I I, I just dismiss them, say something uh, equally dismissive, and say the hell with you and move on. But that, that, that would be my only critique of Dabo. What we're seeing here is um, uh, the end of, of, of coaches that are, um, have made their images and, um, and their, uh, their beliefs of, uh, hey, I'm just like anybody else. I just happen to coach your football team. You know, the Bobby Bowden approach, which I think is a little bit more what Dabo is, is about, those days are gone. Those days are gone. You can't. Uh, you can't all shucks people anymore and have people go away saying, well, well, he was really nice about that. People don't want to go there. Uh, they just want to say, uh, you're making, you know, 10 plus million a year and you're four and four. Get the hell out. We don't want you anymore. That's what they want to do. And that's how they approach things. And I, I don't think it's, uh, necessarily indigenous to head football coaches. I think it's just a, that's the way our country is now. Uh, people are rude to one another regularly. You see it all the time. Just go to a ticket counter uh, at an airport. You'll see it all the time. Yeah. Tim, I, I think the only, like, where he kind of lost me was, you know, where he, 
He shouldn't have even talked about the money he's making. He's earned that money. He doesn't have to prove it yeah. to, to anybody. But when he said he started out as the lowest and now he's this, like, yes, I know you're trying to say you worked hard, but also where it's going to fall on deaf ears is that the lowest paid FBS coach is the best damn job you can get. Like, it's a great job money-wise. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. those are the no, things. But is. that happens when you're angry, I guess. Yeah, I think in his mind, he's thinking I was a GA. You know, I, 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 when I got into this business, I was having to sell some telephone books like a lot of assistant coaches did back in those days. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what he was thinking, but it doesn't land that way to your point. Okay. It, it doesn't land with your ears the way he feels in his heart what he's trying to say, what he's trying to transmit. You're right. It's an excellent point. How does and or how do you think the college football playoff committee will handle Michigan? Is it as they are now, or will there be, well, we think they're one, but, man, we'll look bad if we put them there. Because How do you do that? Oh, I think there's, um, you know, we live in a world, as my partner Spencer Tillman loves to say, we live in a world of images and impressions. And uh, I think two, uh, two things. I don't think Michigan will be number one in the first CFP. I don't think it's about what the issues are. Uh, with Connor Stallions or any of the, the stuff that's going on with uh, the NCAA or alleged uh, wrongdoing by Michigan. I think it's about the lack of strength of schedule versus a strength of schedule for Ohio State. I think Ohio State will be number one tonight. And I think Michigan will be the second Big Ten team that could either be two, three, or four, but I think will probably be four. I think Georgia would be probably three and two will be uh, Florida State. And I think the reason that Florida State will be two and Ohio State will be one is because of strength of schedule, which which the committee loves to put out there as an image and impression that really matters to them. And they love to do it early in the process because early in the process, they're not committing to those teams actually being in the CFP. Okay. The brands matter more when we get to the end, okay? That's when you see teams go from sixth, like Ohio State, to fourth, or what was it, seventh to fourth, and TCU dropped from third to sixth, you know? Mm. <laughs> you know? And that first one back in 2014, you guys remember that well. Oh, yeah. Because Baylor tied for the Big 12 championship that season. Uh, but I do think that it makes uh, not only sense because they can – use strength of schedule, okay, as their, their reasoning. But at the same time, a lot of those committee members can be saying, no way in hell I'm putting them number one based on what allegedly has been going on. Okay, they hold ill will towards Michigan, and they're going to do whatever they can to rank them lower than, than maybe they deserve to be if given the opportunity. And this gives them a great opportunity because Michigan's not played anybody. Uh, but they've been killing everybody. See, that's why I've got them number one. I base it on performance. Michigan's uh, point spread, I think, is uh, averaging 38 points, the differential between their opponents, by far and away uh, the most dominant team of the the ones that are undefeated right now. So I've got Michigan one. I've got uh, uh, Georgia two, Florida State, uh, and Ohio State in that order. And I just think, the committee will probably flip-flop Ohio State and Michigan tonight. That's that's what I foresee uh, in tonight's CFP, first uh, standings. 
Yeah, and Tim, this is all in all, this is just a television show because everything they say doesn't mean yeah. anything because there's a lot more evidence yeah. that has to happen. Right. And really all they all they need, and this is, if I was on the committee, this is what I, I would want. I need a reason to take you out, not to put you in most of the time. Because yeah. Yeah. putting you in is, is usually pretty easy for two or three teams. And then I need right. reasons to, right. to out. We, I, we learned it here in Waco the first year of the CFP when Baylor, when the Big 12 just handed them the reason that they needed was, oh, we don't have a mm-hmm. championship game and we won't tell you who we think won. <laughs> and they're like, well, thanks. Yeah. That's great. Now, yeah. we, now we have a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they gave them an out, no doubt about it. And we saw it from – great distance, you know, that they were going to do that. And it was a shame that it happened that way. But I don't know that even if they had, hadn't done that, I still believe after what Ohio state did to Wisconsin in the big 10 title game, they would have jumped them anyway, because brands are what matters to them. And as long as we only have four teams, that's going to be the case. Uh, Next year. Now that'll be fun. You know, I, tonight will serve as a reminder of how this sucks. Okay. And how, and how it blows to have only four teams getting in when you've got this many really good teams out there that you know, you know, have um, the ability to knock out other teams. By example, uh, five and six, I believe, in order will be Washington and Oregon. And right now, on a neutral field, I'd pick either one of those teams to beat Florida State or Ohio State. Right now, I would. Okay, and I saw Washington – almost spit the bit last week against Stanford of all people. Uh-huh. But the thing, but the thing you notice about Washington is they can turn it on when they want. They got elite receivers. They've got an elite quarterback. Uh, they were a little bit under the weather last week. A little bit of a flu bug was going through the system. And I think that, uh, uh, Kalen DeBoer, I think honestly felt like, okay, we're just going to be vanilla here. We'll do what we have to do to win this game. We don't need to show anything. They, they, they laid an egg last week against uh, Arizona State, and you could argue they laid an egg against Stanford. But the reality is, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. They need to be at their best when they play the best, and all of that is in front of them. You know, Washington's got a gauntlet coming up, and uh, in the Pac-12, clearing that gauntlet is is going to be the key. And um, – you know, the, the one thing that hurts Washington, and they know this, is right now the Civil War between Oregon and Oregon State looks to be a better game than uh, the Apple Cup with Wazoo kind of going backwards in that last weekend in a, in a rivalry game. So there's more for Washington to lose, in their, to lose in their rivalry game the final week of the season, Thanksgiving weekend, than, than Oregon has. Uh, you know, Oregon State's got two L's. That was a tough loss for them at Arizona. But I think it only bolsters the fact that, you know, the Pac-12 is just loaded with a lot of really good teams. Even the so-called bad teams uh, can jump up and get you. You know, Arizona's got one of the most uh, uh, underrated teams the last four weeks of the season. Not many people know anything about them. But just ask Jonathan Smith about them, you know. Uh, That's a really good football team right now, playing at a very high level. And, guys (laughs) – when you see the way these teams are playing, the Big 12 should be salivating at what's in store for them when they come into the league. Because I'm here to tell you, other than Oklahoma State, right now what Mike Gundy has done since that loss against South Alabama, I mean, who can really be, you know, walking with uh, a little pep in their step right now in the Big 12 besides OU and Texas 
more so Texas now than OU, but who besides Oklahoma State? I mean, Gundy has got it going on again. Yep. And and as I look at Arizona State, as I look at Arizona, Utah, and Colorado, my God, those four teams are going to come in with instant street cred into the Big 12. So it's going to be fun to watch next year in both the league and how everything shakes out nationally when we go to 12 teams. And uh, we'll have 12 for one year, and I think we're going to go to 16 right after that. Tim, you mentioned Kalen DeBoer a second ago, and he was smaller school than Fresno State and then Washington. Lance Lance Lightpole to the West. Lance Lightpole to the West. Yeah. Why why do more schools can't look at Washington and Kansas and what they've done and say, okay, who are the next Lance Leipolds and Kalen DeBoers of this? Mike Gundy did it with his defensive coordinator, and that's starting to actually kind of work out for him uh, as well. Yeah. Like, look, if you think a guy is a good coach and he is coaching really well with, you know, bargain basement parts, like, don't yeah. you think you could maybe be good if you gave him the keys to the kingdom? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, when you look at uh, Kansas and and uh, Washington, what, what's, the, what's the common theme with both teams? A staff that, for the most part, has been together with the coach, you know, all the time, okay? Uh, from Sioux Falls, you know, at the NAIA level, up through Fresno, and, and now to Washington for DeBoer, and from, you know, Wisconsin-Whitewater to Buffalo – to shuffle it off to Lawrence with Borland uh, and on the defensive side and Andy Kotelnicki, who I think is one of the best offensive coordinators in the country, bar none. And these guys are part, I mean, they're part of the package. You know, you hire some of these other coaches, uh, what's the first and foremost thing they got to do? They got to assemble a staff. Even Brian Kelly, by example, okay, gets the job at LSU from Notre Dame. But he can't convince Tommy Reese to come with him. Okay, Tommy Reese stays at Notre Dame, but he leaves to go to to, to the Evil Empire in Tuscaloosa to work for Saban, who's going to match up against Brian Kelly this weekend. Most coaches, most head coaches, uh, especially the, the ones that are bringing in in excess of seven point five million annually, these guys are still in. They still have to assemble staffs. Okay. Uh, James Franklin's got a problem at Penn State because he doesn't have an offensive coordinator that can get him to the next level, and he hasn't had one since Joe Moorhead left him after Penn State won the Big Ten title in 2015. You know, what's Penn State's problem? Why can't they beat Ohio State and Michigan? Because they don't have a scheme to match Drew Aller's talent as a quarterback. Well, these coaches, DeBoer and Leipold, they bring their whole staff with them. I mean, it's Johnny Olstaff. And that's a commitment, it's stability, and it's fantastic for anyone that chooses to hire them. Uh, I mean, I'm hearing some rumblings out of Iowa uh, now that, um, now that uh, Brian Ferens is committed to resigning at the end of the year. Uh, will Kirk Ferens, who's been there 25 years, hang on? Uh, will he continue to be their head coach? I mean, they've got the third winningest program in the Big Ten over the last 12 years, that's pretty good when you consider that league and its strength. But the league's about to change, and it's about to get a lot tougher in that league than it currently is, just as it is in the Big 12. Does does Kirk want to go through that? If Brian's exiting stage right, is that clearing the way for Kirk to 
okay, say, I'm willing to change, I'm willing to adapt, go get somebody else? Or is he going to say, you know what, this has been a nice run, I think I'll step aside and uh, go by the way of Hayden Fry. If y'all want to put up a statue, go ahead, because I, I won a lot of football games here. You know, he won over 200 games there. So that's something to think about uh, with Iowa. Will Iowa uh, come out and say, Lance Leipold, we'll give you everything you have at Kansas and then some, plus the infrastructure at Iowa versus KU. If I'm the Jayhawks and I'm their donors, I'm doing everything in my power to solidify the fact that that uh, Lance Leipold is going to stay put because because he's put them in a position. Think about it, fellas. They're in a great spot. Other than Oklahoma State, it's Kansas, and then who else in the Big 12, the current Big 12, mm-hmm. okay, that's really – you know, getting it done. Chris Kleiman's team is showing some signs. You know, K-State is beginning to show some signs that they're going to be ready for November, and I hope they are. That game with Texas coming up is going to be huge. But um, but they got they got to string a few more together before they get hot, like Oklahoma State and, and uh, Kansas have been hot, Tim, in my I, opinion. I know you have a game, I believe you're doing Nebraska-Michigan State this weekend. Is that yeah. correct? So, Matt yeah, Lowe, and good friend. Great friend of the show. Uh, they're five right. and three, which in the past by now they would be two and six or three and five. And of course, Michigan yeah. State's been a mess. But you're, I know you haven't been there yet. But your thoughts about uh, about what he's done so far, year one at Nebraska? Well, not surprised at all. Uh, I think um, you know after the first three weeks, people sort of forgot about him. You know, uh, oh gosh, they did. They didn't get it done against Colorado. Mm-mm. They lost the way they've always typically lost when they had the, the nation to itself playing that game with Minnesota, you know, to start the season. And then you stop paying attention to them, and all of a sudden they've, uh, they've strung five wins in the last six games. And uh, I gave a shout-out uh, via text to my buddy Larry the Cable Guy, and uh, he's fired up. Uh, he, he made the trip, but he's, he's going to be in Canada performing at a, at a casino there. He's trying to find a, a satellite that will have – FS1 coming in on Saturday so you can see the game. But they're pumped, and you know they're going to have a great crowd. Look for this at uh, East Lansing. They may have more Nebraska fans on hand than Spartans fans at Spartan Stadium. I mean, think about that. Uh, There'll be a sea of red in in the land of green, and and, uh, that's the other thing. What's Michigan State going to do? Now we've got a storyline developing about uh, urban renewal again in college football. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Urban Meyer apparently was seen in East Lansing overnight and uh, into today. And Matt Ishbia, the walk-on for Tom Izzo, who who financed that 9.5-year, 10-year deal for Mel Tucker uh, and then bought an NBA team. Apparently, he's not run out of money. He's got more to spend. So uh, Urban's name is popping up with that job now. Interesting. Yeah, the storylines we've got for that game. It really is. And normally, Matt year, Matt Rule, year one at Temple, year one at Baylor, normally it's it's kind of dummied down a little bit where he just tears yeah. everything down. And then, of course, the next year looks even better. But, uh, they, you know, he's done a pretty good job. Of course, in the west of the Big Ten, there really isn't anybody there that is like an alpha. Uh, you know, Wisconsin's no, not there no. who they are and. And Iowa struggles on offense, so they've been able to get into the meat of the schedule right. that is pretty solid I, uh, right now. Right. I do think Wisconsin is on the way to getting there. Phil Longo's offense is, is still something that they're adjusting to. Uh, I think that um, 
Uh, Luke Fickle, their defense is always a constant. You saw that against Ohio State. Plus, the Buckeyes just are not, in my opinion, that dynamic anymore. Without Marvin Harrison, what are they? Who are they? I don't think McCord is of the same ilk as the quarterbacks they've had in recent years any more than Jalen Milrow is to Alabama, what they've been accustomed to the last handful of years. But I think Wisconsin will get right quickly. And I think that, um, you know, those other teams, you have new coaches in there. You know, Brett Bielema has only been there a short time and he lost his go-to defensive coordinator to Purdue when he lost Walters to that job. And that took some of the stability, I thought, away from uh, the Illini, who at times last year looked really good. You know, scared some people, including Michigan and Michigan. So uh, that that's a league in transition. And everybody there now knows this. You better get good quickly because with Washington and Oregon coming in and UCLA too, I mean, they're, they're playing better than SC right now. I think that the number one question in the Pac-12 right now as opposed to, you know, who are the – will it be Oregon or Washington representing them in the CFP? The number one question now is who's going to win more games, uh, Dion or Lincoln Riley? Yeah. Look at that schedule USC's got left. Yeah, mm-hmm. check that baby out. I know. As they skirt, as they skirt by Cal, uh, fifty to forty-nine last week. Yeah, we saw that. By the way, <laughs> many of the people in the chat room love you having on uh, you being on the show every time we can get you, Tim. They all wanted me to tell you yeah. that that we love thank that, you, Tim, Tim. We love him, and and many others that say the same thing. Thank you for your time. Have a great broadcast in East Lansing. You bet. Looking really forward to it. I do think we'll be back in the Big 12 in the coming weeks. Um, I can uh, I can tell you that. We're going to be in the in the Big 12 quite a bit in the stretch run in November, which is always great. So looking forward to that. When Thank you, you for having me on. When you sit down, you and Spencer tell Matt Rule that Smokey, Paul, and Craig said hi. And thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. All right. You got it. Tim Lando, Fox Sports. Love the segment. I know you do, too. As the audience, we appreciate your feedback. When we come back, Hall of Famer John McClain. The controversy, the NFL trying to get up in the University of Houston's business on the Love You Blue throwback. Is that what they call it? And many things, Major League Baseball and NFL, this is 365 Sports. Don Schumador and Coffee Beans. They have now a super limited JFR lunatic, the size that shall not be named. That's the name of the cigar. It is a gigantic cigar made for huge ring gauge smokers, 10 inches long and a whopping 100 ring gauge. And all that is just, it's, it's, it's kind of like I always talk about. I was like, what, what kind of cigar did Tony Soprano smoke in that great series? What, what was that? Uh, with Gandolfino. I, I don't know, but that might have been it. Also, uh, Jack Nicholas uh, framed autograph picture uh, with a certificate of authenticity. There's also a Nolan Ryan and Albert Pujols uh, framed autograph pictures. There also are cigars throughout the 48-foot walking humidor from Ashton to Macanudo to my favorite, uh, well, there's also Artur Fuente, but my favorite, Rocky Patel. Uh, and I'm telling you, if you buy cigars, you need to buy Rocky Patel. If you only knew what kind of a great man and caring person that Rocky Patel is, you would know, uh, and I do, and so does our family. It's uh, Don Chimador and Coffee Beans in the Townwood Shopping Center. Tell Ashley, Cheyenne, uh, that, and Carol that Smokey sent you right off of Valley Mills in Richland Drive in Waco. 
pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears! TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. In our logo and advertising, we say we are people that you can count on. What does that mean? It starts with providing a quality vehicle and quality service at a fair price. But it also means we do what we say we will do and we treat people fairly with respect. It starts by hiring great people, good local folks who work hard with a caring attitude. Our employees are the real reason we are people that you can count on. Put us to the test and see for yourself that at Richard Car Motors, we are people you can count on. Waco Custom Marketplace 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco is your holiday item superstore. Half spiral hams, 8 to 10 pounds for 445 a pound. Pit hams, 12 pounds for 445 a pound. Bone-in hams, 18 to 22 pounds for 340 per pound. Whole raw turkeys from 12 to 16 pounds for 250 a pound. Whole smoked turkeys, that's smoked turkeys at 9 to 12 pounds for $3.75 a pound. And mini pit hams, 6 to 8 pounds for $5 and 99 cents a pound all items will be in stock starting on november the 8th and don't forget they have full service butcher shop where you can find what you want pork poultry seafood and beef and i bring up the beef because big beef tenderloin or a prime rib brian bauer and the bauer family full service bakery with fresh baked kolaches every morning and bread and cold beer and wine tailgate needs from pellet fuel to charcoal waco custom marketplace and the holiday items are in stock starting november the 8th at 425 lake air drive in waco Welcome back to 365 Sports. It's time for our weekly segment with NFL Hall of Fame columnist John McClain. Brought to you by Pioneer Steel and Pipe, where customer service is their main focus and best in metal, steel, and pipe for large or small projects. With two locations in Waco and Bryan. Family owned and operated since 1943. Read John's work at sportsradio610.com. Hall of Famer John McClain with us. 365 Sports. John, as you know, it's Halloween. We have had a candy tournament bracket. A bunch of candy was put on our set. I just randomly went by a convenience store and, like, bought 50 pieces of candy. We're down to M&M peanut, peanut M&Ms, and Reese's, uh, what do they call it? Uh, Peanut Peanut butter cups. That's the final. Which of those two would you pick? First of all, I like both of them, even though I'm trying to stay away from them. But, boy, to me, you can't beat the Reese's. When I was growing up in Waco, my favorite was Payday and a peanut patty. But as I've gotten older, I think, even though I love M&M's peanuts, M&M's plain, you can't beat that Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. Okay. All right. So, 
What is this NFL against the University of Houston copyright merchandise infringement? What's going on there? NFL properties, they are always worried about people infringing, making money. The league can't make. And uh, I remember one year, there's a former oil of safety, Bo Eason, is an actor and a screenwriter. He was putting on a one-man play called Run of the Litter. And in his one-man play, it took place in a locker room. And that locker was Columbia Blue since he played for the Oilers. Hold on a second. I got a cough. Bear with me. Okay. John McClain, Hall of Fame columnist with us. 365 Sports, Sikkim 365 Radio. And so I found a an Oilers jacket. It's a heavy coat like you would wear in the winter in Cleveland. And a pair of Columbia Blue cowboy boots. And I bought them at a round top uh, flea market for like 50 bucks. And I asked Bo, would you like to put that in the background in your play? And he said, yeah. So the Oilers, before they could let him do it, had to call the NFL for clearance. The NFL wouldn't clear it. And I told him, well, why don't you do it anyway? Just don't put any pictures out. So he did it. And I don't know if they ever shut it down or not. I don't think they did. But they're sticklers for that. Even if the Oilers said, I want them to do it, doesn't mean you're going to get to do it. Same way with the Titans. One of the things U of H did, it was first game of the year. They did a really cool video narrated by Carl Lewis. And Rice did it. They didn't publicize it. Well, Rice hadn't gotten any uh, negativity from the NFL, but Houston has. I think what they should have asked them, and they contacted them like months ago, and the NFL said no, and they did it anyway. And so they sent a letter Season is this, do not sell anything and make any money off of our uniforms, even though they're throwback uniforms. So they should have said, can we do it one time to celebrate Houston's heritage of football? And maybe the NFL would have let them, but probably not. High schools wear Columbia blue down here. And what U of H wore was off. It was not the color. As soon as I looked at the uniforms in a picture, I said, well, it's similar, but that's not what – Oilers war. Look, I'll tell you, I'm sure there's a bunch of fans in Houston that saw Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins wearing those uniforms that are, you know, now Texan fans, but were Oilers fans and maybe wept a little bit because that looked smooth. And they and they won too. They them. did. They <laughs> they hated it. They don't like the idea. Media doesn't like the idea. I don't know why, because I understand the Oilers were here. But the Oilers went to Tennessee. Titans have not, Texans have nothing to do with the Oilers. And, uh, so I thought those uniforms looked great. People, every time we talk about it here, they're ready to run me out of town. And the team won. DeAndre Hopkins caught three touchdown passes from rookie quarterback Will Levis. And Hop averaged 32.5 yards to catch. And, and they tied the Texans at a 3-4 record, second, nine, first place Jacksonville. So, it just infuriates people down here, but I don't care who wears them. Of course, I'd like to see them worn here, but that was never an option. But if they're, I want, I just want to see them worn. It was a reunion weekend up there. They had more than a hundred former Roller and Titans players, and all those players I talked to: Dan Pastorini and Robert Brazil and Bruce Matthews and Billy White Shoes Johnson. They loved seeing the Titans wear Columbia blue. All right, John, I've got a bone to pick with you. When you were on with us last week, 
We asked you about the World Series, the Rangers and the Diamondbacks, and you may be being soft-hearted for what we are as Ranger fans. You mentioned the Rangers because they knocked out the Astros, and the next day on Houston radio, you were bullied, and you, 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 uh, you just crumbled like a cheap bag of potato chips and said you wanted the Diamondbacks. I need answers. When I was on the radio, nobody knew that I said I wanted the Rangers to win. But as Seth Payne, who I'm on the morning show with, pointed out, and I'd forgotten about this, uh, Brent Strom, the greatest pitching coach in Astros history, retired after the 2021 season and then went to D-backs, was looking for his second World Series ring. Well, I love Brent Strom, and I said, okay, I'm going with the D-backs because I want Brent Strom to win his second World Series. Well, I, I, that's the backstory. Well, that's that's good enough because you're you're a great human being. So, we'll, we'll, so I was it. not bullied. I was not bullied into it. All right. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> well, think. Look, Seth I mean, you a big own, guy, so we get yeah, it. Yeah, but you own Houston. You're you're the grandfather. You are the grand poobah. You are the uh, what do they call it? The what do they call now? The the when somebody I don't know, uh, but I can tell you this: nobody down here wants the Rangers to win <laughs> after the way the. After the way the Rangers beat up on the Astros and Adolis Garcia humiliated their pitching, and I hate to see Garcia out tonight. Uh, it looks like it looks like Corey Seager will be the MVP if they win, as he should be, as Garcia was the MVP of the ALCS last year. Jeremy Pena was MVP of both. He had his squat this year at the plate, but uh, Seager is boy. Every time he comes up, you expect a home run. How the Dodgers? Let uh, let him get away along with Trey Turner. It just blows me away. Yeah, I, me too, John. I, I, I mean, well, the, their loss is everybody else's gain uh, for sure. Now, uh, the trade deadline was today. The biggest move, I guess, would be Chase Young going to the 49ers. Um, I know that he's an impending free agent. Part of me feels like they'll figure out a way to get that done because they seem to, to be able to do those things. Um, the Cowboys don't make a move. The Eagles traded for a couple of different guys. Uh, Kevin Byard, the, the, the biggest among them. Who made themselves better after today? Well, I would think the 49ers, they've lost three in a row. They invest heavily in their defensive line. They don't even have a first or second round pick in their back seven. It all starts up front. They also have as a fifth wheel, Javon Kinlaw, who's the 14th overall pick about three or four years ago. So I don't know how they can re-sign Young if indeed they want to. There's a story out now, obviously leaked by the commanders, that Young was undisciplined. And he didn't follow the game plan, would blow his assignments trying to make the splash play and get a new contract. But his career is probably going to be rejuvenated. What I was surprised about, and I was just talking to my wife about this because she's a big Washington fan, is you get rid of two pass rushers because you don't want to pay them. And that's not a good sign for a new ownership group. And, yes, they have five picks in the first three rounds. Doesn't mean they're going to know what they – to do with them, they're going to have a new head coach. Everybody knows that, so they might as well go ahead and keep losing so they get a higher pick. But I w- they didn't want to pay both of them, which is kind of surprising. I could see that one go, but not both. John, thank you, sir. We appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. That's John McClain, Hall of Fame columnist, Baylor grad from Waco, Texas, originally. 
and uh, got his, uh, into the business writing for the Waco Trib, and now has been uh, with the Houston Chronicle, retired, now a part of Houston 610, and is a motherload of great storytelling. So, yeah. So Corey Seager, Trevor Story, and Trey Turner have all been free agents over the last couple of years. And uh, the Red Sox signed Trevor Story, who's played like 12 games for them. That's right. That's because of why, when you have Mookie Betts, do you allow him I don't know. And to now, walk out and now, the door? Mookie Betts is playing all those positions, too. Yeah, I know. Just to like throw the Red Sox, like, oh, you can't find a second base or a shortstop. I can play them all at once like Bugs Bunny. Well, Max Muncy, by the way, this weekend, I think Friday night, will be inducted into the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. He's a free agent himself. Uh, hell of a player for uh, the Dodgers. Average down, but uh, still very, very good at, at what he does. Won a ring when the Dodgers won one just, what, a couple of years ago. When we come back, Paul Catalina and his top five. Unite Private Networks Internet. Why should you do this? It's pretty easy. Uh, if you're running a business and you lose internet, that is lost revenue. We certainly learned that lesson the hard way with our previous internet provider. Now, at first, we didn't think there was anything we could do about it because we're in a building and sometimes buildings are contracted to certain people and you can't bring anybody else in. And then a wonderful, uh, beautiful angel named Ace Wiggly came in here and said, oh, no, uh, you can totally do something about it. How about you join Unite Private Networks and let's get something worked out. And what we got worked out is we have business-grade internet now, so we're not sharing with everybody else. And we were told we had business-grade internet, but we really didn't. We were kind of sharing with the whole, na- not only this building here, but the entire neighborhood around us, which is growing like ridiculously uh, all, over this, all over the place. And we would lose internet sometimes at the same exact time every single day. Well, we don't have that anymore. We have protected fiber service, speeds up to 10 gigabytes per second. Yeah, that too. Yeah, we have all that. It is fantastic. And UPS battery backed up internet service. It is fantastic. You, If you are running a business and you need guaranteed high speed, no no mess internet you need to go to unite private networks go to unitedprivatenetworks.com find out if they're in your area or if you're here in waco call that wonderful angel named ace wiggly 254-803-7070 established in 2007 and independently owned alliance bank central texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals from their tellers to their board of directors they know the importance of superior service and competitive products Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. 
Nation's Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers too. Nachos and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa draft, son, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. Time for Paul Catalina's Top 5. Brought to you by Texas Beef House. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. Top 5 reasons Dabo Sweeney was in the wrong. Now, I'll preface this by saying, you absolutely, you have to defend yourself when a caller takes a shot at you. But... Going for five minutes, like Brando just said an hour ago, that's where it, you lose it, where you start kind of then pontificating, and then it, you, you lose it. So, number five, you get paid to be the bigger man, Depo. No, you're right. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's, that's, you get paid to be the bigger man. So, when a caller, one thing you have to, like, when he calls up and says, you make $11.5 million, we pay you too much, all of that, um, remember that you make $11.5 million, and you've won at life. And you don't know, caller on the other end, who this is. But you, like, you're doing well. No matter, even your four and four season, you have had success that you have earned. Yeah, and 14-year-old, what his name was, Tyler. Ryan, Tyler, yeah. could have been 53-year-old Marge. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, you, like, you just, you know, they're a caller. Like, you have to see them, especially when your Dabo Sweeney is. They're all one big faceless person who's asking you questions. Mm-hmm. That's just yeah. how it is because the minute you name the puppy, then it, it becomes something you have to like. I, I yeah. think Tim pretty much agreed with how we said it. One, he went too long and he got a little bit too defensive on trying to like prop up his resume. He doesn't need to. No. Uh, him getting upset, that, that remains to be seen. If you like Dabble, you liked him fighting back. If you don't, like Paul hates him. But, um, and, no, and so I wouldn't he, say that. But, but no, but he he just yeah. went too long, and yeah. also, yeah. Uh, he no. he. You don't have to to go through your resume. People know yeah. it. Yeah. Number four, it doesn't matter where you started. Like you just said, there you go. it doesn't matter where you started. At this point, like your story, you can save that for the book when you retire. You know, whenever they write the book about you, that's where the story is interesting. When when they do the the Dabo documentary, I want to know where he started. And part of this, and I think. It's kind of funny to me because he was the guy who was all shucks and like Bobby Bowden and, and you know, he had was. that kind of vibe. And then after 2020 hit, he kind of like, like a lot of people in America, he just got angry, you yep. know? Yep. And I don't think he stopped being angry since that point. You know, he like, if you go back to that year, 2020, where they had a great, where they won the title, right? In 2020, uh, he had a lot of, 
He had a lot of things he would say that you're like, man, you're just angry. Like he teams would cancel games and he was like, they're dodging us to make the bowl game. You're like, well, they're already, that's already over. Like, I don't know what you're like. Stop being angry. You guys, things are going well for you guys right now. Yeah. Enjoy it, the ride. There's sometimes though. And I will say this and not in that neighborhood by any means, not even close. He has a lot of additional zeros to the left of the decimal point. Sometimes in that position, it comes with pressure. There, no, you say, "Well, this, how can you have pre-? there's pressure?" Oh, yeah. Well, you I mean, don't want to lose people it. who make five, seven, eight, twelve million dollars a year make five hundred thousand dollars a year. They still, I mean, you can make forty thousand or not. It's just there's, there's certain people react differently. Yeah, to that. and you you want to keep that up. You want to be you know all that. Number three, and this comes from the the world of talk radio. Uh, the three of us in this room know it really well. It's the world that we came out of uh, before we came onto YouTube here. Uh, callers are always a risk. You know that. Like the minute you throw out a phone number, you you know that you are only so much in control. Even look, I've done radio shows where you have like. We didn't screen very much, and it worked out fine for us for most of the time. But then there were times where, well, we really have to screen this. You screen, you screen, you screen, you screen, and then you get a caller who wrecks your show. Yeah, and we had one on this one for a while, and it was just, again, it was just like we're trying to take legitimate, knowledgeable, insightful questions and comments, opinions, and then it would just kind of put it, it would just like, you are, you are absolutely, and the thing is, is that when you put the phone number out there, you're not also putting in qualifications like must have a, a high school diploma and a good work history and all that. The only re- requirement you have to call into a radio show is that you know how to work your phone. Yep. That's it. Yep. So after that, it is a crapshoot. Yeah. And so and I'm really bad about this. I love callers. I really do. That's just always the way because I started a show when I had nobody listening. And then like the first call, you're like, wow. And then, and, and they were good, but I'm bad about this, and I'm also probably sometimes, and Tim Brando mentioned this, responding or going back and forth on Twitter because all it's going to do is end up in the gutter. But 9 out of 10 are good. And then even in the chat room, I've had a couple of times I've flared up. I'm more more open to that. You don't? Let's go back. (laughs) It was in late July. And and, and that, that guy who made a comment on another site that was sent to me is a great dude he's a great part of the chat room now he just was what he said was on call for and i wasn't gonna let it go but now i'm a kinder gentler yeah look david you, allen you smoke. know what you should call dabo and tell him yeah, i've I, been I, through I, this i know i know a guy good just call guy, him remember that, uh, Here, rick who's uh, always yeah. the restaurant i, and I would that. i would absolutely uh just as a fan like as a fan of the ACC, albeit not a fan of Clemson, like to see the kinder, gentler Dabo come back and not the, the grumpy Bible thumper. Like that, to me, I don't enjoy. I, while not appreciating how good he made that team because he's a great football coach, would appreciate a happier situation. Yes. I call it the Spurrier quotient. Yeah. I don't have to like your team, well, but if I can enjoy your personality, even as a rival, I think it makes it better. The best philosophy is from who we just had on John McClain on Twitter. He never looks at the replies. Exactly. See, I don't know if that's right. I don't though. do it either. I hate replies. Yeah, I, I know. No but I, yeah, but there's some good people. If, right. Look, I, if you send me a direct message, I'm going to answer you. No, I'll do that. Unless you're just yeah. hateful, then I'm like, well. One time a guy what? sent me a really hateful private message, and then I responded, and like as honestly, and I tried to do that anyway, and from the heart, and he felt like this tall. 
Yeah. Because what he thought he was saying to me was going to crush me, and all it did right. was empower me yeah. because of, of, of who I well, was. Kill him with kindness is a great yeah. philosophy. No, no, it's not. It's a great philosophy. What do you mean? Kill him with kindness. I love it. Uh, number two, you cannot demand appreciation. That is where he went wrong. And saying that, like, you know, they haven't done this in 150 years and all that, because it comes across one of two ways. Either the way that you think you're saying it, or... You bastards are lucky I'm here. You know, that, 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 no, that, that's like when you get stopped by a police officer or somebody and they go, do you not know who I am? Yeah. And that always, make, yeah. you, always you make don't you want terrible. like, you cannot play like, oh, you don't have a table for me. Yeah. That's, this is, you mean I, I have to wait Yeah, like the human common yeah, denominator. No, but that's where, when you say you're demanding appreciation and I know that partially in his mind, he's also thinking about his players. But the question wasn't about his players. The question was about him. The comment was about yep. him. So when he's answering it, these are things that you need to, to know. And look, I feel like I'm helping. Like if I was his PR agent, these are the things I'd be telling him. I would have no problem telling him if he walked in this room. Like these are where you messed up. Yep. It's fine. Look, you and I both have burned down callers when they've called in and said things. And sometimes they need to be because sometimes they say really stupid and hateful things. Yeah. But, uh, other times, you just need to let it go and be like, all right, well, thanks, kid. You know, when, maybe one day you can have my job. You know, it's hard. I know we're four and four, but here's why we're working on it. And then you move on, and you don't give Tyler from uh, Spartanburg, who's, I mean, never going to be more famous than this, which is a bummer for him. He's only 14. Number one, this, I quote the Godfather, this is the business we've chosen. This is the business that he's chosen. He knows it. The problem is, is that, you, you surround your, yourself with people who, who can't call you out, who you don't want to hear it because you've got, you've got a, a singular focus, and it's been so good for so long, you weren't ready for it to be bad. Right. But some of the, the most successful people I know in any walk of life are, they're not paranoid about it being bad, but they're prepared for the bad times because they know that, Every day is not sunshine and rainbows, but when you are in a dark cloud, you know that there are still sunshine and rainbows. One doesn't exist without the other. The reason you know that sunshine and rainbows are pretty is because you've had to sit through some dark clouds. Yeah. That's yeah. where I think that Dabo really messed up here is that, look, there were always going to be down years. Maybe you don't have as many in a row, but that's how sports works. It also could it not be Dabo in some uh, roundabout way Knowing he probably did some things, he sh they 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 should have been more aware of the current state of college football, and he may realize he's wrong, and so he's angry about that. I I think he's angry about right. the the way everything's working right now, and anger is um it's a poison, man. You can't, you know, it's it's supposed to be something you're that lasts if for a second. If anger was a poison, I'd been dead fifteen years. <laughs> but ago. it is. It poisons you if you have it. If you have it too long, it's supposed to be something you feel in a moment and are able to let go of. And the longer you hold on to things, the more it eats you up. All right. Thank you to every. Thank you, Paul, for the top five. Craig's back with us tomorrow. I just saw on Twitter a video from Toledo. Toledo tonight is hosting Buffalo, and it's the Glass Bowl. Is where they play the game. It is absolutely a blizzard. ESPN2, go turn it to that. 
I will love to see that. I love it when it starts to snow in a college football or NFL uh, game. You might have to do that with Andrew Heaney pitching for the Rangers. Well, just able, to give you yeah. a second. All right, Garrett, thank you very much. Owen, Jack McKenzie, Levi, and Emery. Don't forget tonight at 1030, uh, we'll have sports tonight, 365 sports tonight on the local CW with Mac Rhodes, Tim Brando, with uh, Eric Morris of North Texas, and also, who did I forget? John McClain. John, no, it, it, damn it, I just uh, I just wrote that down. I want to make sure I get the name right. Roger Wallace on Texas and Kansas State. Only known him for four years. I'm David Smoke. Thanks to our great sponsors. Halloween. Go to Paul's address. It's on Lemonade Drive or something. Good night. Yes. Ideal MRI is a small family business right here in Central Texas. We're open to support you while lowering the cost of health care bills. When you need an MRI, ask your doctor for an Ideal MRI. Visit us at IdealMRI.com or call us at 833-IDEAL-MRI. 